As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Big Tech's ordinance has everything from complete firearms to OEM and aftermarket parts. If you're looking to put together your first AR-15, they have everything from those parts that you need to the tools that are going to be essential. If you're looking for suppressors, night vision, handheld lights, weapon lights, sights or optics, you name it, Big Tech's has it all. Not only that, they're offering all those brands that we like. Go visit them at BigTechsOrdinance.com. Overwatch Precision is a team of civilians and combat veterans based in Phoenix, Arizona, that employ industry-leading production methods, coatings, and materials in their striker-fired polymer-framed pistol trigger systems. With an internal engineering team focused on thoughtful design, Overwatch's flat-faced and curved triggers safely deliver a mechanical advantage to your carry or duty Glock, Walther, CZ, P10, and Smith & Wesson MMP 2.0 with improved function and increased accuracy. See more at overwatchprecision.com. Filster makes awesome holsters. But not only that, they also happen to be one of those companies that are trendsetters. A lot of their designs are emulated by other companies. Not only does Filster make those holsters, but they also provide concealment systems like the Enigma, the Flex. They also have a lot of solutions when it comes to concealment solutions for medical. If you need to have a concealment first aid kit, they happen to sell them. Check them out at filsterholster.com. Primary Arms Government recently showed off a new giveaway, which features a new Daniel Defense M4 V7 rifle, complete with GLX 1-6 power first focal plane rifle scope, PLX mount, and more. These monthly giveaways are only open to first responders and members of the military, so there's way less competition for the big prize. Entry is also completely free with no purchase necessary, ever. So if you want to have a chance to win, just visit primaryarms.com government and hit the giveaway button at the top. Walther is the performance leader in the firearms industry, renowned throughout the world for its innovation since Carl Walther and his son Fritz created the first blowback semi-automatic pistol in 1908. Today, the innovative spirit builds off the invention of the concealed carry gun with the PPK series by creating the PPQ, PPS, and the Q5 match steel frame series. Military, police, and other government security groups in every country of the world have relied on the high-quality craftsmanship and rugged durability of Walther products. Walther continues its long tradition of technical expertise and innovation in the design and production of firearms. For more information, visit WalterArms.com. Well, the best you can hope for out of a hollow point is that it acts like full metal jacket. 
wait a minute. Is Start that, there. <laughs> what, is, is that a, is that a Mike Glover quote? I don't know who said that. I've said that for years, man. It's like, Hey, all that bullet technology is real great. The best you can count on is it's going to act like a, like a piece of ball ammo. Everything else is a bonus. Yeah. So, well, um, that was a fun realization and, 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 what about a semi-watt cutter? We'll have to talk about that. But um, that was an interesting conversation I had, and I had to compare my notes going, wait, based on everything I'm figuring out here, jacket hollow point, if it expands, it's just control. It, its primary function is controlling the the penetration. They're like, yes. Like, why hasn't anyone ever just said it like that? Yeah. And... uh Semi wads. I've shot a bunch of those, yeah. man. Uh, I can't remember who it was. Like Pat Rogers or somebody said, you know, one fifty eight grain, yep, pound nose lead works really good when you shoot them in the right place. Yes. So NYPD dirt napped a lot of bad guys with round nose one fifty eight lead. Yeah, yeah, lots of them. Uh, so. Yeah. Oh, well, what about shooting through glass? What about shooting through cars? What about shooting through schools? I can say that on this. I can't say that on Instagram. Shoot through schools. Yeah, yeah right. Because it's text. What about it? Have you tried it? Okay, it doesn't work. Okay, change your ammo or change your tactics. The the big one to me, uh, Mark Fricky and Chuck yeah. Haggard have been on this tear with uh, clear ballistic gel lately. Uh, and Mark is i don't know if you know him or if he's been on your the modcast has he oh yeah that dude like the only thing missing is the the pocket protector and the propeller hat man <laughs> um and, and i don't mean that like to be insulting mark's a great friend of mine um yeah that dude has more ballistic performance data on more cartridges than any human being i've ever met and I've met dudes that did that for a living. Yep. Um, matter of fact, he public he gave me a copy of the 2021 roundup results, and I was like, "Whoa!" Um, and the big thing that it, it keyed in for me, which I've always thought, but I've never been able to really pin it down, was how much barrel length in a handgun dramatically affects bullet performance. Yeah. I'm talking the difference in an inch and seven eighths and a solid two and a quarter inch barrel. Yeah. That cosmetically you, you almost can't tell the difference. Yes. Um, it's drastic in some cartridges. So yeah, that's, and he's allegedly going to publish a book at some yes, point. He is just on wood cutters that. Yeah. And, and I'm like, and, and the reason being, he has so much data on wad cutters. Um, and I, I really wish, you know, departments that authorize a backup revolver, which a lot still do, uh, would entertain the whole yeah. wad cutter thing. Because it's one, 158 or 125 plus P out of a small gun is not a good idea on the gun or the shooter. And, and you gain nothing from it. Um, yeah. So you might as well give them something they can hit with that hits to the sights and doesn't destroy the gun or the shooter. Absolutely. And that's been my biggest thing that I've been trying to explain to people. Um, even from my, whatever the hell 19, this is two and something, almost three. I still would rather shoot this. 
I don't want to shoot magnums. No, uh, it, even I'll even say even out of out of my unless I'm purposely unless I have to have that penetration out of my model 28. You know what? I think I'm still going to stick with this. Yeah. And Daryl and I, uh, in one of our very early conversations, when we first became friends, like three, four years ago, um, we were talking wheel guns. He was sitting at my dinner table and I have this smattering of wheel guns laid out and I had one in frame and he's like, why do you only have one in frame? And I'm like, cause I don't shoot magnums dude. And the only yeah. guns I've ever seen that would digest magnums without having problems were in frames. And he's like, same here. Uh, that's why I like them, you know? And, uh, and it's like shooting an air pistol with a 38. It's like shooting a, a you know, a recoilless pistol. It's, it makes sense. You know, I mean, why does everybody love nine millimeter in a semi-auto? It's easy to shoot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's like the little, and the 327 model 327, not 327 mm -hmm. federal Magnum. This guy, that is a wad cutter gun. Sure. Mm -hmm. can shoot Magnum. Why? I'm not getting it. I, I mean, I'm not getting those velocities. I'm not getting the performance. I am getting the blast. I'm getting everything that all the negative in a defensive situation. I'm not hoping to scare people off with the blast or scare off animals. I need to puncture them. So I'm going to go with what I can puncture people with and control that. Yeah. My, my favorite guns, just hands down my two, my two like revolvers that i if I could have one of every model would be a three and a half inch everything. Uh, because if you do shoot magnums, you start to get into the ballistic range of, Hey, that barrel's got enough to, to make yeah. it a magnum. Uh, and then five inch guns, because if you're going to shoot a magnum, you're going to get all of it out of a five inch gun, even a four inch gun. You, you, you take a pretty good hit on the velocity side. And if you go back and look at like LAPD's, guns there were a lot of five and six inch guns back in the mid 70s that wasn't an accident yeah you know so for people listening right now if you've been listening to primary and secondary for a while speaking of which yes it has been eight years um if you've been a listener of primary and secondary for a while associate this with our discussions about 556 and barrel links and 10.3 was the magic number if you go underneath that you remove you essentially remove your your rifle like wounding from your from your projectile if you go above that you're in the good good area that's what we're talking about here with wheel guns and and various cartridges and trying to balance out what the most effective balance would be and more specifically for me personally i'm i'm going to i'm more focused on defense against humans now if we're talking about defense against bears yeah i'll probably want to go something a bit bigger but also not a little tiny barrel because I need that velocity for penetration. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, that, like I said, with Fricky's, like all his research that he's done, um, like magnums are pretty pointless until you get four plus inches of barrel. Uh, and then you run into the uh, like power to weight, like, okay, how much oomph, versus how much weight do I have to, to mitigate some of the recoil? Yeah. Uh, and it's fascinating when you re when you see it like in person and you're going, Oh man, that was a huge kaboom. 
and we got seven inches of penetration out of the gel and no expansion for all of this, you know, yeah. all the theatrics of it were, were amazing. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And even 38 plus P's, a lot of them, I was going, man, out of a snub, kind of pointless. And then, you know, you... You even get into like the two and three quarter, three inch, three and a half inch. You start getting some some juice behind, for, out of the squeeze. Well, you're this adding guy, more weight to yeah. the gun. Yeah, that the uh, six twenty seven is I want to say is two and three quarters. I think maybe it's two and seven eighths. I don't remember. It's larger than two inches. Right. Um, and when it's colder, it's it's shorter. But normally, <laughs> but we we did that. We did some magnum testing with that, and it, it was impressive. Yeah. It, w- it was impressive, but it also, it is a boat anchor. Yeah. And then, you know, you run into the whole, um, with the velocity thing. Okay, great. Maybe you, you squeeze the extra velocity, but maybe that bullet still isn't getting it. Yeah. You know, uh, and bullet design, how much, uh, even in like six rounds, like round number one might do look like the you know, the proverbial federal ad pedal of death and round number two might be just a squished piece of metal. And then round number three might just completely separate. And there was no, there was no predictor of any of it other than more barrel length, more velocity, more velocity, more expansion, maybe, maybe. Um, Yeah. It was a fascinating study. It really is. It really is. Um, that got me thinking just for half a second. Bear defense. Mm-hmm. Off the top of your head, if you were to name a brand that is that's known for wild animal killing, like buffalo for ammo, or... buffalo boar. Yeah, buffalo boar. Ten mil. What does their ten mil look like for bears? Typically, what's what, what, what some I of it? Call, it looks like a lead semi wad cutter, but <laughs> there's there it is a slug of lead. It's not mm-hmm. expansion; it is penetration. Yeah. Here, here's one that'll like spin your wheels, right? Like I got a buddy, uh, my buddy Roger. He's my dad's business partner in FFL and they own some land together and he is all into vintage, like cowboy rifles, right? You know, 38, 44, 32, 20, 40, 65, uh, you know, all that cool, like 
like vintage turn of the century stuff. And if you look at their best performing ammo, it was all solid lead, like not high antimony, hard lead. It was all solid lead and it was all at a medium velocity. And these dudes would punch end to end through Buffalo with that stuff. And you go, and maybe they had it figured out like yes. 150 years ago. Like maybe, yes. maybe we're trying to reinvent a wheel that really didn't need to be reinvented. Uh, now, granted, shooting in populated areas, probably yeah. a good idea to have a jacket at hollow point to yes. try to mitigate some of that, uh, what they used to call over penetration, what I call a rule four violation, right? Yeah, absolutely. So... Yep, absolutely. And here, yep, here's some nice little gold dot 357. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. Great. Yeah. But four inch barrel. It's amazing. Exactly. Exactly. Put that in your snub 340 PD, pull the trigger one time and get all 800 feet per second out of your, your snub. Maybe, <laughs> you know, make a hell of a fireball, but you know, it's I, true. And I've shot a, a a pile of like 158, 357 Magnum through uh, the 340 PD. Uh, what was the other one they did with the steel cylinder? I can't remember. It was like the, oh, geez. It's been so long since I was out of that game because I finally came to my senses back then and was like, oh, I'll just carry standard velocity stuff. Yeah. Um, and all it did was just make noise. And 20 years ago when I was in that rabbit hole, um, I had a buddy that was doing rep work for Smith and Wesson and, uh, and this is not a knock at Smith and Wesson, but the 340 PD had come out. I was like, Ooh, I gotta get me one of them. And I put a 38 wad, a, a 38 plus P or a 38 standard velocity, 38 plus P and a 357 mag. And when I chronoed them, they were all within about 50 feet per second of each other. And I'm like, so I'm bleeding for 357 mag for no reason. Yes. Um, and then I, I switched to carrying 38 plus P's. And then at one point, like we got a lot of ammo in that was uh 38 standard velocity. Um, I will not admit under, uh, under than under like threat of criminal prosecution, what I actually carried in my, uh, in my ankle gun, but, uh, it reminded, it rhymed with schmod schmutter, right? Like, uh, probably wasn't supposed to do that, but at the time it was like, I, I was shooting tons of that ammo and I was like, man, this works really like, this is the only ammo out of a snub that hits to the sights. Yes. Um, and I had to qu- back in that era. I had to qualify with those guns back to 50 yards. Mm. So imagine trying to hang on to 158 grain, 357. No. At, out of like an 11 ounce gun uh, at 50 yards. Under no, time. no, like, not a thing. So pass oh man so when you pitched this you said it was like show and tell day or something what was that all about so basically we can discuss all of your favorite things gear guns knives belts clothing oh okay so i was thinking this could be a christmas holiday type episode because also i ultimately i'm going to be doing a um dang it forgot it again 
airing of grievances episode. So this is what you need to do if you're if you're willing, willing, able, and whatever. Think of things that have really irritated you, multiple things, and then we'll go one at a time, and you bring it up, and then we all discuss it. This is another episode, right? Yes, yes. Oh, okay. Thank God. I was like, I, I man, I felt the steam start to come out, and I was like, oh, I got a pile of those. Yeah, but uh, but I did set out uh, like five really cool guns for tonight. Let's go. Um, that they're very special to me, and four of the five of them are circular. So nice. Yeah. So I haven't seen. Yeah, I haven't seen any of the people that said, "Yeah, we'll be there." Yeah, not yet. Um, so I'm, I'm, yeah. If if you want to start, I'm, I'm, I'm going to enjoy. Oh, okay. So I will set the stage that gun number one is a nine, nickel nineteen three. Uh, my dad was involved in a fatal shooting when I was 23 days old, and I can trace my entire firearms history and lineage back to this gun. And he gave it to me on the 40th anniversary of the shooting. And it hadn't been fired in like 40 years. Right. Uh, I unveiled it at gunsight and I have fired it twice at gunsight at revolver roundup. I think I thought that like, that was a fitting environment to bring this gun back to life. Right. Uh, and there's really nothing all that special about it. Oh no, there is. Except and the grip. You know, yeah, so these are a set of smooth targets that uh, my dad actually shaped and contoured back in the day and relacquered. If you look, there's no sharp edge where he rounded all that off. Yeah, and then and it, clearly he's a righty too because he would want the cuffs to be facing out. Yeah, they're in his in the palm, right? So, um, and they're they're relieved i mean they've kind of got a unique shape they're almost roper shaped in here where he actually you know hand like cut those down um he went through the academy with this gun because they ran they had a shortage of k-frames and they're like anybody go to k-frame so he went through his entire police academy with this gun um and before he was out of training he saved him and his partner's life uh with this gun so i kind of trace it back and i go you know, had he not been victorious in that or had his partner gotten killed, he never stayed in law enforcement, whatever the, the negative situations would be, I probably would have never gone to like 1911 gunsmithing school, yeah. shot competition, became an instructor, got very passionate about like, you need to be able to master these things. So, um, yeah, it's just a 19.3 and uh, I've shot it twice, but I mean, it's like uh, it's like the the 1970s cop gun, man. Yeah. And he carried 140 spear. Um, the jacketed semi jacketed hollow points, 140 grain, 357 mags, and I know that because I have the actual casings that were in the gun when he fired it. So, um, yeah, that's that's like that's the whole reason that I am sitting here and. Yeah, it's kind of a cool, yeah, it cool is. memento to have, you know. Yeah, it is. He painted the front sight with like nail polish. I'm sure, you know, my mom or somebody's nail polish. So, uh, yeah, it's a cool gun. And uh, 
I actually cited it in this year at, at, uh, the revolver roundup with 158 lead semi wad cutters. And, um, I'm sure somebody did an action job on it at some point, but there's nothing really, uh, you know, if you saw this at a gun show with standard stocks on it, you would go, Oh yeah, cool. 19 move on. Uh, but this one's really, really special to me. So as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used indeed. If you need to hire, you need indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Dispatch, this is Mindy and E. Flo. Well, boy, it's getting cold out there, and I can't imagine surviving winter without a heater. Now, if your heater's making funny noises, just needs a once-over, or your home isn't as warm as it used to be, you better call M.E. Flo. My team is on time, total pros, and can take care of any type of heater repair. Visit meflow.com to get your home's heater in tip-top shape. M.E. Flo, license 271-001-2450. Well, I gotta get back to it. Dispatch, this is Mindy, go ahead. Uh, oh, that is you, cool. Yeah, if you saw the pictures of it, the, the Revolver Roundup Daryl at DB Shooting Adventures, he took a picture, uh, Rob Leahy from uh, Simply Rugged Leather. Like, I told the story, and I got a little choked up about it, you know, and, and Rob did a little bit, and he came over and handed me this holster. He's like, this is for that gun. I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm for Clint. <laughs> for Clint. That's yourself. right. That's right. Um, Coffee yeah. talk. Yeah, he gave me an alligator holster that was the first one he ever did. Oh, wow. He's like, he's like, that gun belongs in that holster. And I'm like, I'm going to hand you a blank check, dude. This And he's like, nope, that is for that gun. It's like Excalibur or something. Oh, yeah. And oddly enough, like shooting that gun, I it was dialed for Magnum. So it was shooting about four inches high at 25 yards. And I, I cranked the rear sight down. I'm like... Oh, please don't break. Nothing break on this gun. And uh, I go out and shoot it with wads. And it's like at at 25 yards, I'm holding the 10 ring group with it. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's got to love the K-frame, man. Absolutely. So, so that's gun number one. That's good. That's good. Now, how many K-frames do you have? How many 19s do you have? Uh, I only have one 19. I've got a pile of K-frames. I, I kind of don't have the count exactly accurate. Yeah. Um, and a couple of them are like that one. And then I've got a commemorative 90 year commemorative model 66. That's never been fired from the fact other than from the factory. It's a Oklahoma city commemorative and, um, that gun, like my dad bought it in 79 when he became a cop. I'm sure he had to like go work a pile of extra jobs to buy the $150 commemorative gun. Steven says K-frames are the best, and I will completely agree. I think they're pretty cool. So I think one of my bigger, biggest regrets, and I even posted about this, I think it was yesterday, 
I wish I didn't ignore the Model 10. <laughs> Model 10s are so cool. So speaking of Model 10s, um, I have a theory. And thus far, it has held true. Uh, I could be completely off base. Uh, but the Model 10-8 specifically, uh, that the bull barrel Model 10-8 are the cleanest inside of every generation of Smith uh, from that era, like the, the, the pre-1980s stainless guns. The 10-8s were like the last pin barrel and the mission. I, I can only speculate that Smith and Wesson retooled their factory or, or freshened up there because the tooling marks on the inside are very faint. Yeah. Um, and this gun is, ex this, this gun is what I call the cheat code gun. Mm -hmm. um, this gun will hold a, a, an X ring group, which is a little over three inches uh, on a B27 at 50 yards. That's like, you don't get that on an off the rack gun. Uh, this gun was my granddad's. Mm. He bought it across the counter in 1976 or seven when my dad worked the sporting goods counter at a TG and Y. Uh, I shot my way into firearms instructor school with this gun. Uh, it had some Hogue like monogrips on it for years. Uh, and I found a vintage set of Rogers that came through my dad's shop. And I was like, ah, those are mine. Give yeah. me those. And, uh, oddly enough, the, the Hogues are actually patterned after the Roger, Roger. Oh, okay. So, um, if you find them they're whoever designed these grips, cause they're smaller at the bottom than the top. Cause like your pinky is generally shorter. They knew what they were doing. Right. Um, but anyway, this 10-8, uh, my granddad loaned it to me so I could go to a firearms instructor school tryout. And uh, I went to give it back to him. He was getting kind of sick, kind of old. I was like, hey, uh, got your 10-8. He's like, no, nah, that's yours. Keep it. Nice. Um, so this one, I've shot at Revolver Roundup. And this one, I mean, I've put a metric pile of 38 wads through this gun. But... I am single-handedly driving the price of 10-8s up about 100% a month uh, because two of my friends showed up to Revolver Roundup with them. Um, one of them bought one on my recommendation. My Shout out to Mike Lessman from DSM Safety. Uh, he shows up with one and just burns down a PPC course with it. And he's like, that's the most accurate revolver I've ever shot. I'm like, Count them one guy took my advice on a revolver to buy. And, and, uh, but anyway, the, uh, the 10-8 heavy barrels are every one of them I've ever peeled apart, done an action job on. They're top notch. And, uh, you know, I have a couple of theories as to why they're so accurate, but, um, but yeah. And this one's a unicorn or kind of an odd, like maybe it was a Friday gun because it's got the narrow serrated trigger and a wide target hammer. And that was never like a factory offering it just, but this gun came out of the box that way. Like some assembler at Smith and Wesson went crap. We're out of narrow trigger or hammer. Yeah. And grabbed one narrow hammer here. Yeah. It, nothing wrong with, it. I mean, there's like a nickels difference in the yeah. two. It's, um, but, but yeah, and this is the gun that I learned to peel revolvers down on and do action jobs on. 
So, um, yeah, it's really special to me as well. Just a, just an old 10, eight, um, that I will never sell. <laughs> so, well, and, and to me, I, I think when I finally realized like kind of our conversation about magnums, do I really need to have magnum, you know, having a 38 is not a bad choice uh, and having a 38 with some, some nice, happy little wad cutters, you know what? I'm comfortable with it and it's easy to shoot. And, and even like 158 standard pressure, anything. Yeah. Um, Just like what Pat Rogers would say. Yeah. Like that gun with 148 wads at 25 yards, it starts to, it starts to shoot just below the sights. 158s, it is right on the top edge of the front sight post at 25 yards. And then at 50 yards, it'll drop them. If I hold like the top of an X ring, just like a loose hold on the top, or I'm sorry, the 10 ring of a B27, uh, it'll anchor them in the X. It's like, and that gun is one of those that even when I feel like I had a bad shot, it's not as bad when I get down there as I thought it was at the gun. That's why I call it the cheat code gun. It's like, um, I, I shot it. I took it out to uh, Jones PD with, you you know, David Cagle. Yeah. And uh, I had it out there one day and, I was working with them on the PPC course to get them through, uh, get them into instructor school. And he's like, yeah, you got that cheat code gun, man. And I pull it out and I shoot a match one, seven, seven yards, 12 and 20 seconds. And I anchor the X ring and he's like, holy crap. And I'm like, now you do it. And he was even like, oh my God, that gun's accurate. That is just ridiculous. So, and it's got a good special lineage to it, man. It's like, most of my revolvers, except about three or four, are really sentimental to me. So. Yeah. And for me, gun broker. <laughs> yeah, and I, I need to get on gun broker and buy about five more 10-8s and just retire that one to, like, looking cool. That's not a bad idea. So I've been finding them for under five. Yeah. Well, I kicked myself because I remember when you could find them under three. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So and it wasn't that long ago. This one was 320. Mm-hmm. And this was, I don't remember. It wasn't that long ago that I got this. When I started shooting PPC in 2002, you could find a clean model 10 or model 64 for under 300 bucks. Yeah. Well, yeah. my 19, which one, that one, that one right there, yeah. that one was uh two something. It's just like, that was my first revolver ever. Yeah. Like the, and, the epitome for cop. And you knocked, yeah, you knocked it out of the park on the first at bat. I mean, like yeah. it doesn't get much better. Um, and, and like the model tens, if you like that design has been around since I think 1899, like in various incarnations of, of, uh, you know, the different types of actions, but the M and P 10, like yep. it's a model 10, dude. It's like, um, and, and they're all awesome and they're all cool. And Fricky has a pile of them. Yeah. A lot of guys I know, oddly enough in the circles that I run in the number of dudes that have like 20 or 30 model tens is unbelievable. And they're all like us where they go, Oh, I need magnums. I need this. I need that. And then even my dad the other day on his page, he was like, I've come full circle. Now I'm obsessed with model tents. Like 
you know, I started out on a K frame 38, went through all the other phases yeah. and back and, and uh, yeah. So, well, and, and to me, it's just a no frills, solid performer. Yeah. Business gun, man. It is. And I, you know, a lot of dudes like, I think the carbon steel guns fare better with 357 mags than the old stainless guns did. Cause let's face it, like Smith and Wesson stainless on the early 66s and 65s is a bit, it leaves a little be desired. Right. Uh, but it, like I've, you know, Dan, you ever heard the name Dan Combs? the Oklahoma highway patrolman quick draw dude that used to do the demos. Somebody posted up a video of him. Um, he used to actually ream the cylinders on model tens to accept three fifty sevens. And there's some history with like him and bill Jordan as to why the 19 came out and why the uh, 65 was developed. And then the six eighty six. Uh, he's kind of in that lineage of things and he's not as, not nearly as popular as like Bill Jordan, but, uh, and I think he died before I was born, but, uh, but yeah, he was an Oklahoma highway patrolman and just wicked fast, uh, with a, with a K frame and he would modify guys, guns back in the seventies. I had a, a friend that had a model, gosh, like, what was it like a model 14 that had the adjustable K sites? I think it, I can't remember all the model numbers is before the 357 mag. And he shows up to the police academy and he had bought it like and had the chambers done by by Dan Combs. And he said, like, I'm sitting there and and they're they're inspecting all of our guns because they didn't they didn't like provide guns to the recruits, right? So they would send them to the police supply store and they'd get them on credit or whatever. But this guy had his own and and uh, he had Dan Combs redo the cylinder. And he's like, he's like, they crack a cylinder open and they chew this dude out. And they're like, go to the police supply store and get a, you know, get a XYZ or a Model 10 or whatever it was. Because this one's got modified cylinders and, and it was just archaic. And then they come to his gun and they open it and they go, put a 357 in it. And they're like, who did this? And my buddy says, oh, it was Dan Combs. He's like, oh, okay, well, you're good to carry this one. <laughs> <laughs> the other ones were questionable. So anyway. But uh how dare you? Oh, he did? Oh, you're fine. Yeah. Oh, he did them. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like who put the engine in that car? Oh, Carol Shelby. Yeah, you're good. Drive it. Whatever. Um, uh, and then uh to round out the K frames, uh little backstory on this one. Uh I had my dad had a friend when I was growing up named Frank and I don't say his last name, but Frank was like one of my heroes growing up. Dude was a firearms instructor. He was like all into karate. I mean, he was like, and the dude was like a bad dude. Right. But he was one of those kind of cops that was never like, you know, Mr. Use super use of force or anything like that. He was a, freaking powerhouse though like um i remember somebody talking about a suspect was trash talking him and he like raises his leg and like touches the bill of the dude's cap with it like in the the old like karate kid stance like that and just 
tips his hat backwards and says, now, what were you saying? And the guy goes, Hey, you can handcuff me now. I don't want to fight. Right. So growing up, this guy was kind of like one of my heroes and he ran in this group of cops that my dad ran with. And about three years ago, he took his own life and some demons. Right. Um, Well, my dad buys some of his guns out of his estate. And Frank's dad was the chief of Romulus, Michigan, back in the 50s, which is a suburb of Detroit. Um, And Frank's dad had given him this two-inch M&P snub, which it is a pre-war long action, stamped pre-war, made in USA, but it's a transitional model because it was made post-war, which is they're kind of unicorns as it is, and it stamped Detroit PD on the backstrap. Um, so, you know, I kind of look at it like his dad probably went, man, I need a plain clothes gun and went to the police supply store and bought the police trade in Glock 19 of the era. Yep. There it, there is. it is. Uh, and Haney McMood, my dear buddy from yeah. Texas, uh, he goes, man, that gun needs a Tyler and I've got an original Tyler T which are made in, were made in Oklahoma city, oddly enough. Um, so I got that and, uh. I shot this gun at revolver roundup with some 148 wads and um yeah it's so this gun is very near and dear to me because it's the only piece of my friend that i i have left and uh when i got on the police department and became a firearms instructor frank was a firearms instructor and we got to work the line together and coach people and it was like you know i've known this kid since i heard this guy since i was like six and here i am like one of his peers like that, that's like stuff you can't put a price tag on that kind of that's stuff, right. right? That's right. So, but yeah, the, and this was Frank's dad's gun, and then it came to me. So I am its caretaker for the f- foreseeable future. And again, it's nothing, there is nothing elaborate about it. I, I mean, the Tyler's kind of cool, but, um, and it's got the typical cop, it probably hit pavement or people a few times. <laughs> yes. Um, got a round front sight, which is an, uh, you know, oddity from that era. Um, from what I understand, I'm not, I'm not the authority on pre-war long actions, like, or wartime long actions, like Daryl or Lou Gaznell or one of those guys. Um, but being that it was a Detroit PD gun, if it could tell stories, man, Detroit in the forties and fifties. You got to imagine what this thing has probably seen and or done. So, uh, and, and I got to say like the long action thing, a lot of the old heads are real, like partial to the long action. I grew up shooting short action Smith, so it doesn't really do anything for me, but, uh, but yeah, this gun at 25 yards would hold a 10 ring with wad cutters on the sites. Like, almost like they figured that out back then, like, Hey, about 800 feet per second is where we need to live. So anyway, so that's, that's, that rounds out the K frames of show and tell. So somehow I picked up a model 10 that similar. Mm-hmm. It's such a cool revolver, six rounds, good, solid feel to it. Good weight. Mm-hmm. A pleasure to shoot. And this is, yeah, this is definitely one of my favorite uh, Model 10s. And whoever had it, 
Oh, I don't know. Dash three, dash four. I don't think it was okay. You'll say it on the yoke crane interface. Yeah. Have have it stamped there. Every time I put these up, no, it's no dash. Oh wow, yeah, that's an that's that's like post right post war transition. Is it a flat latch? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so talk amongst you. Yeah, that's right. Also, what's goofy about it was I believe this was a square butt that they cut it down a bit. Yeah, that there were a lot of conversions back in those days. Um, it breaks my heart every time I see like a set of fuzzy Ferrant grips show up and I'm like, oh, there's my grips for my 27.2 and fuzzy used to cut the grip frame and make the pinky of his grips really thin. And Matt Olivier, shout out to Matt from uh, Phoenix at revolver roundup was carrying a fuzzy gun. And I'm like, I'm like, Oh dear, don't, don't shoot that. Like just, just look and, and it, you know, but they're tools, man. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure that gun had come out of LA or somewhere, but, uh, but it had that real narrow pinky and it's, you can spot them quick because they look like they're out of proportion. But before Smith made the round butt, they used to actually hand file that frame and then fit grips to it just like, like with a surgeon's hands and mm -hmm. oh, man, like, oh, I get like, get a little hot flash, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and also this one, piece, man. the hammer got, uh, it's not the straightest, but I don't care. It's I, uh, like someone used toenail clippers to. <laughs> <laughs> and in from that era, like it was like, hey, just cut the hammer spur off. Like, yeah. I'm sure, you know, somebody with a grinder or, you know, yeah. they didn't have Dremel tools back then. I mean, they had maybe Fordham dental tools, but that wasn't something you'd see in an armory uh, or, still, or a hacksaw. Yeah, but it's still so cool. Yeah, and. I'm here to tell you, like a lot of people, like they, they poo poo the revolver, dude, like if somebody is skilled with a revolver, I don't want to tangle with them. Like that's what is Clint Smith said. You know, somebody that knows how to run a 41 Magnum, they'll ruin your day real fast. Uh, and even your like mediocre shooter cops back in that era, they still only had six and the call courses back then were substantially harder uh, i put up one of our vintage qualifications from the state uh you know it's like a test run for uh the pat rogers re revolver roundup so one of my presentations there was to run people for like two hours run them through a an old magnum revolver qualification and the target was specced an fbiq which horrible target whatever but everybody was like dude that's spicy with a revolver and i'm like yeah and even the bad shooters passed it they still then. passed it yeah um and some stages on it like i had freddie blish came and he cleaned it you know and freddie looks at me and he goes dude that's sporty and i'm like yeah that's that's what dude shot back in the 70s man um like that was the course you know and and uh I think it put some perspective on some people that were, you know, grew up shooting autos and were in the auto era yeah. that are exploring revolvers 
And, you know, they kind of look at it as like the FUD gun, but a lot of people at the revolver roundup got real impressed with. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Dude, the marksmanship and time factor in shooting a wheel gun, it was sporty back then. So, yeah. uh, Well, it, with something like that, you don't have 30 rounders. <laughs> yeah, you, can't, you can't miss fast enough, right? Like, <laughs> Actually, um, I think this is 26. I lied. 26 rounders? Yeah. But I, I did my block uh, at the roundup. I took like part of, I took match one and part of match four or actually match five at 25 quick six. And people were like, what? And I'm like, yeah, it's six rounds offhand, 25 yards unsupported in 12 seconds. And they're like, with a wheel gun? I'm like, awesome. Yeah, that's, that's like what it was. And you're not shooting at the whole silhouette. You're shooting at the 10 and X ring. Um, and that was even the part of the service gun match. And they were like, holy crap, that's really hard. And I'm like, yeah. And the mediocre dudes back then were shooting that. So, uh, 12 rounds in 25 seconds with no speed loaders, we using a loop and in PPC, they switched it when HKS came, like speed loaders came to prominence and the comp twos and all that, they switched it from 12 and 25 to 12 and 20. Because guys were like, well, what am I going to do with the other five seconds now, right? Like, um, And that's not unattainable, but if you're not familiar with how to run a wheel gun, that's a like, that's 12 rounds and you've got eight seconds for draw and reload. Well, draw is not a big deal, but reloading one of those, yeah, it gets pretty spicy. Uh, so... It was a good experience, I think, for some people to see that happen, like how that that plays out, and you start to realize, man, them dudes had it pretty well whipped. Like, yeah, they were uh, good at what they did. Yeah, and it's and it's not like the criminals just had wheel guns. I mean, there was Browning high powers and you know all manner of nineteen elevens and stuff like that out there. So 
it's not like the cops of that era were 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 shooting at dudes that didn't have semi-autos. So, um, yeah, it's it it was good. It was a good weekend. I'll put it that way. So, so out of curiosity, with that yeah. course of fire, how many people were going all double action, and how many people were cheating and pulling back the hammer? Well one of the things I briefed is everything from 25 and in is mandated double action. And all of them are like, you're shooting double action offhand at 25. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you are. And a lot of the people that came there, even revolver enthusiasts hadn't shot that distance uh, with shooting double action. And there's some technique to it. There's finesse to it. Right. Uh, and most of them like count them, the bulk of them, were uh were one really impressed at how good a work you can do double action and then at 50 yards uh, like the nra says well you can thumb cock at 50 yards none of the shooters do it they all shoot double action at 50 um because and this is just for your g whiz file right i love g whiz yeah yeah if you take like a Smith K frame K sites and all that. And you sight it in shooting single action, something in the lock work of that gun. And it, most people will never achieve this degree of accuracy. And I don't mean to sound heady about that, but say you're, you're shooting over bags on a bench and all that. If you thumb cock the gun, the gun will print in a different spot than it will shooting double action. Hmm. I can, it's it's a phenomenon i don't know the science behind it i speculate uh but but yeah i've seen that a lot i've seen guys that will sight in single action and they shoot double action and the gun shoots in a different place interesting um, the, only, the only thing i can think of is just the way the gun times up and when the hammer falls where in that cycle uh can have some dramatic effect on the bullet downrange uh as opposed to it being perfectly in lockup, it's just coming into lockup with a double action. So um, in frames are a bit of an exception in that because they lock up very early on a six shot uh, 357. Because think about how big that wheel is, that thing ratchets into place and there's still almost half of the, the trigger press left. So uh, somebody said possibly grip pressure as well to some degree, but I, I I've had multiple like national champion gun building gunsmiths. Tell me if you sight them in, you sight them in double action period. Or if you're shooting single action, you sight them in single action, but I played around with it and the old sight setups that we had that had three position rear sights where you cam it into position at 50 yards, my gun would print about three inches left if it was in single action and in double action, it, it ring the, it ring the X out of it. So uh, there's something to it, um, it on a K frame anyway, and the L frame as well. So in frames, I don't think it affects it as much just because of the way that thing locks up, but that's getting propeller headed, dude. No, that's okay. So, so what I'm thinking about also the way you just described that 25 and in with a double action press and we are, cause we're people are going to be worried because I'm pointing somewhere and triggers are being touched. Just finding that natural. Okay. Right there. 
And then just, okay. Just finding exactly where, oh, went too far. Yeah. But I could see that as opposed to, okay, we're, that that just seems so much slower versus I, I found my, the, 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 the hump and there's the break. So no cylinder is perfectly cylindrical, right? Uh, the other thing that I speculate is like, if you listen to this one, there's click one. Yeah. Did you hear click two? It's right when the hammer drops, right? That one was a little earlier. That one. So this gun is timed to where that cylinder locks up right before the hammer falls, almost indistinguishable. Um, if you hear my, my final wheel gun of the night, this is a 686. Hear it? Hear the second? Hear the second click? 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 I can't. Still trigger press. Uh, here. No, it's not picking up. It might be uh, thinking it's just ambient noise getting canceled. But but either way, there's one. There it's in battery. And then look how much more trigger press I have. Yeah. So there it's, there's click one. There it's in battery. Yeah. On a K frame, that timing is way closer. Now, if I roll the hammer through, it locks up different than it does locking up double action. So, so that's, that's one for your science project. And, and yeah. I, I'm a firm believer that like that cylinder can't be perfectly cylindrical. It just can't be like, there's no machine out there that's going to make it in production mode completely. And, and not, those holes are not going to be completely indexed perfectly. Right. Uh, you can check that with a range rod. You can take a, a match range rod, drop it down with, and if you hear it go clink on one of the cylinders, that means that cylinder is slightly out of round, right? Or it's slightly out of, uh, out of time. Almost every Smith and Wesson will plug strike on at least one cylinder. It just is. Um, so double action, you kind of compensate for some of that, right? Whereas single action, you're pulling the gun into battery and it's locked up into battery in a fixture, right? So it's going to shoot in a different spot. Uh, that that's the that's my that's my theory, and that's like a lot of the gunsmiths that I hold near and dear. That's kind of their theory too. Yeah. Um, and it, it there's some truth to it, I guess, it, because I've seen it. Uh, less with L frames, more with Ks. Almost nothing with ends if they're timed up. Those things are like fixtured in battery. I'm talking a six shot 357 in frame. Yeah. 44s, you end up in the same deal where one cylinder is always a little off um, because of how much space between rounds there is, right? Um, and, and I speculate the K frames are more accurate. Hear me out on this one. Uh, and we're going deep. Uh, oh, on, a K, on a K, if you think about how the spacing of those, those rounds, if I fire that round 
now this side of the cylinder, it's like a wheel that has a, or a tire that has a wheel weight that's, that's fallen yeah, off. That makes sense. So you have more weight on one side of the cylinder than you do the other. Yeah. On a K that is less critical because there's less of a circumference that sucker has to turn. So on an in frame, you fire one round. Now when that big loping cylinder turns over, you have a lot of weight over here on the outside of the cylinder that's actually pulling against that empty against that empty weight right you fire two shots now you have like one under the hammer and you've got three on one side of the gun and you have no weight over here to counterbalance it yeah that makes sense so to me that is why the k-frames are so superior accurate to pretty much all the other as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Uh, and, and I'm not saying like in frames and L frames are, are not accurate. I'm just saying I'm talking like ransom rest, 50 yards. Typically the K's will do a little better. Um, there are exceptions to everything, but, uh, but that's my, my kind of propeller headed theory is you have an unbalanced wheel. The first time you fire a shot Yeah. next time it rolls over, there's weight. Yeah. So, um, and the K's with that cylinder diameter being smaller, that, that weight tugging on it has less leverage over the rest of the cylinder. So the way I saw it all over the way I was processing and also someone being told if they're not used to that 25 yard shot going, Oh, double action. I have to go off that whole thing. No, it doesn't have to be all that. It can be, you can break it up into pieces. I, I always found uh, that I shot better on a roll through mm -hmm. and yeah. I, I don't, I, that is a phenomenon that with auto pistols, I've kind of tracked it down to you get sight anxiety. And if you stop the trigger in motion, you will start to, you will start to perceive that wobble a lot and better. Start and to shake. Yeah that or you'll start to change your grip pressure whereas if you just roll roll row your boat right it it seems to work better um 
And I, I had a lot of guys uh, like Robbie Latham stages revolvers. Uh, I can't do that. Yeah. Like, it, like I'm either on the trigger or nothing's happening. Um, now that being said inside of inside of seven yards, I can stage that dude pretty well, Yeah, but I still roll through the back quarter of it. I'm pretty sure the roll also makes it harder for your brain to figure out when the bang will happen. Yeah. And that's Steve, Steve Callie. I, I don't know who you are, but you're, you're full of good stuff tonight there. Um, that I, I speculate is, uh, why the guys liked the old, like long actions, because the sear engagement and break of those is ran it's almost random. Like on these, I, I can't tell you from cylinder and sil to cylinder where that hammer is going to fall. Um, well, you have an idea of approximately it's going to be within right. this window right here. Right. But, uh, and when I shoot K's, I get a I get a mash of my finger between the frame, and I know when that mash starts to happen, I just roll through it, and uh, and everybody has their preference, man. It's like there's no wrong way to do it. Yeah. So, oh, but K frame. So this is a six inch K frame with a Patridge sight that I did the action work on this job under the tutelage of a guy named Jim Ray, that name ring a bell. I don't he, know. Ran, he ran the Smith and Wesson performance center for about 30 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. If, if you've ever handled one of Mitchell X old Smith's Jim Ray did likely that game, that gun came out of the factory after Jim Ray put his hands on it. Hmm. Uh, he's been retired like 10 or 12 years. I don't even know if the guy's still alive, honestly, but, um, but he used to show up to the national police shooting championship every year with a snap on tool chest of parts. Uh, we put a fixed hand in the gun because six eighty sixes and some of the 65 lady Smiths had a floating hand, which was horrendous for an action job production technique that they, they abandoned anyway, fitted a fixed hand. He squared the hand window. Uh, this gun, I was the first guy on my department to go distinguished uh, with a revolver and here it is. And then like five other dudes shot this gun and shot, got made enough distinguished points to get their distinguished badge. Um, and sadly, because, because it's the gun, it is, uh, this one, I will lend some credit that I actually outshot a lot of my open guns with this gun. Uh, it's just, and with 158 lead semi wads, this gun is a laser beam and, uh, Nothing special about it. It was a property room seizure gun. Really? So, yeah. I dug it out of a milk crate and took a match grade range rod and checked it. And I was like, oh, that gun's special. <laughs> uh, took it out, benched it at 50. And then I had a machinist uh, because it was legal to have a Patridge front sight. I had a machinist cut off the ramp and build that front sight. And I specced that front sight to the exact height that I needed in conjunction with the rear sight to hold the neck of a B 27 at 50 yards. And then 25 yards, it was a top 10 ring hold seven yards. It was a top of the X ring hold. Um, and this gun just shoots. I had, like I said, I had two buddies when I got off our pistol team, I was like, 
I've got the serial number to that gun. If any of you all turn it in, I'm going to sign it out again. And I did. And two years ago, they let me sign this out as my assigned service gun. So when I retire, this one comes to me. It's officially uh, cool. Yeah, it's very, it's, it's really special. It, you know, made it through two divorces and here it is. So, <laughs> and I, I got, uh, I got uh, distinguished badge number 740 in 2007 with that gun. And there's 831 guys on the distinguished roles as of 2021. They haven't published 2022 yet, but that's dating back to 1973. So for all you USPSA guys, uh, there are less of us than there are GMs. So <laughs> that was a, that was a funny conversation I had with Caleb Giddings. He was like, he was doing math and he goes, Oh God, dude, that means there's like less of you guys. And I'm like, yeah, but how many guys shoot revolvers anymore, man? Like, and then no one I realized does. I was talking to Caleb and I was like, oh, well, you do, of course. Yes. How does this work? You know, I'm recording, right? Yeah. Okay. You know, this is really rude, right? I'm just wondering how this works. I don't know. Figure it out. Uh, I have like 30 minutes to figure it out. Okay. Not you should have thought about this before. Well, we were gone all weekend, so I couldn't do it. <sighs> someday they, you know, that's what I always say. Like someday that the, the return on investment will be there when they're changing my diaper. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully next week. Yeah. So what's next? Uh, so one I just picked up. Oh, the staccato P with the acro P2. Yeah. I'm I'm not a dot guy and I am not, I, I say I'm not a 1911, 2011 guy, but I went to school to learn how to build them. Yeah. And uh, I mean, uh, oddly enough, a guy brought a, a friend of mine brought his staccato C2 over about three hours ago. And he's like, dude, something's wrong. And a gunsmith had put a trigger in it and I immediately diagnosed it and I peel it down to pins and parts. And he goes, I've never seen anyone do that that fast. I'm like, bro, I, I built these guns for like 10 years, like old hat. And I get the Emory board out and the, the number two pillar file. And I go to work and like 15 minutes later, I hand him his gun and he's like, that's incredible. Like that's better than it came from the factory. And I'm like, eh, it's not saying much. I'm just saying, but, uh, but yeah, I got, I got like a big group order deal on this gun and, uh, and Wayne Dobbs got me squared away with an acro P2. Um, and I gotta say now that this exists, like everything else is just kind of okay. So uh, is it the dot or the gun or the combination that makes this special? Uh, the dot. Yeah, that the P2 as mailboxy and bulky as it is and all that, there's some magic to that hmm. setup. And I've shot open emitters. Uh, I shot them for years and years. That's why everybody that accuses me of being anti-dots, like, well, you don't know because you haven't been trained. And I'm like, dude, I shot my first dot on a handgun in 1989. Like most of you weren't born. Like, okay, 
uh, I get it. Um, but the tubular enclosed emitter to me has no equal. Um, it is stupid, simple and call me crazy. Cause I got a lot of crazy theories, but when your eye looks through a tube, it wants that tube to be a circle or it wants it to be straight. Uh, that's why peep sights on bow and arrows are two circles, right? Because you don't have to tell your brain, make those line up. They just do. Just happens. Uh, it just happens. And all of us with any hand-eye coordination, that phenomenon happens. Um, and it's very, very simple to find the dot. Uh, it has a generous window. Uh, and it's made by Aimpoint, man. Like, yeah. Like, uh, I like that, and I yeah, got that by itself. Yeah, yeah, I got a gun today with a Holosun 407K on it, a G48. And I don't have any trouble finding the dot on that. Um, but the, the 2011, it's easy to shoot. Um, I have some like, I have some hangups over like the price point of these yeah. at retail. Uh, because I, I think they're a, a fantastically solid platform. Uh, As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. But you have a generation of people out there that their idea of triggers is like, well, the Apex Glock trigger is awesome. And then you hand them one of these with a crappy 1911 trigger and they go, oh, that's amazing. And I'm like, not as amazing as it, it, it can and or should be. You know, though, if we go back whenever the MP was first initially introduced, I remember so many people and I was one of them saying that this is the worst trigger ever because there's no tangible reset. I was on that bandwagon. Yeah. But. But even uh, uh, 2011s, uh, they're like the staccato, and I have friends that work there, so I'm not knocking the, please don't take this as I'm like bagging on staccato. Um, 
or STI, whatever you want to call them. They worked out the magazine. Yeah, STD. (laughs) No, they worked out the magazine issue, which was my hang up with them forever. I was like, people would, you know, competition buddies of mine are like, hey, man, I'm going to buy an Edge. I'm like, okay, here's what you do. Don't buy any mags with it or buy a pile of mags with it and just be prepared to send them to Dave Dawson with your gun to get the gun to work. That's it. Like that's the, spend 1800 on the gun and plan to spend another 1800 on mags and Dave Dawson, uh, which Dave's a great dude. So um, the new mags are rock solid. I, I have no complaint there. Um, accuracy at 25 yards with all the ammo and loads that I use. It leaves a little to be desired. However, you have to take into account that nine millimeter was never meant to run in this gun. So they have to make those chamber dimensions a little generous to get around some of the ammunition spec, right? Because if they chamber them like a match 1911, gun ain't going to run, right? So, you know, at 25 yards, I mean, I shot like a solid three-inch group with it. Not bad at all. My competition 1911s would shoot three rounds touching at 25 yards. Like, so I go, okay, let's keep this in perspective, right? Um, the, uh, the trigger in the gun, it was mediocre for a 1911. Now, granted, keep it in perspective. If I am a 20-something that all I've ever shot was a Glock Gen 4, Gen 5, yep. that trigger is amazing. Um, I'm a 43-something that has built 1911s. From the ground up, uh, like Gary Smith at Caspian used to answer the phone. Hey, Brian, what are you working on this week? You know, um, however, they put the right parts in it to be able to make it great. Most people will never understand that. And they bank on that. And that's fine. Like, I don't have any hiccup with that. But as a 1911 enthusiast, had I paid full tilt retail for that, I would have been upset. Uh, being a 1911 gunsmith and enthusiast, paying the price point I paid for it, I was like, perfectly okay. I can I can fix that. Um, and in 30 minutes, I was like, there we are. Good. Uh, most kids today don't know what that's like, and that's okay. Um but the gun accuracy is good. It is service uh, better than service grade accuracy. Um, it's not ammo picky like a lot of the the previous models were. Uh, they've taken a lot of time to engineer parts that don't cut you when you grip the gun, uh, which is you can't say for a lot of companies. Yeah, um, and to, like honestly, like as a service grade gun, they're. They're, they're pretty outstanding out of the package. I, I'm, uh, I'm not, not disappointed at all. Uh, I love Dave Dawson's plate system. I think it's the only one that's worthy of like, other than sending it to like, you know, Bob's machine shop or whatever and having it, uh, the Dawson plate setup is legit. Um, so all in all, I'm, 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 I'm pretty happy with it. I did order a standard mainspring housing pin because this, whatever they call it uh magazine. Well, I'm, (laughs) 
kind of an old purist, man. <laughs> like uh, it's already a double stack. I don't, I don't, I don't need to be able to throw the mags up in the air and catch them with the gun. Like I, that's, that ain't me. Um, so that's going to go away. Um, I, I was a little intrigued that they went with a bull barrel as opposed to a standard, you know, standard taper and, and bushing. Uh, but it seems to work. So nine millimeter is a tricky bitch in a nine, 1911 platform. So, uh, and they've worked out the math. So good on them, man. Yeah. So th that is my duty gun. I know yeah. I'm, I'm running the RM 06 Trijicon. I okay. would go acro. I just don't have one yet, but, um, the, the fun thing to do is on a range day or a bunch of officers around have the officers look at, okay, so here's the XC, here's the P, here's the Chambers Night Fighter. And how many people go, oh, yeah, I really like the P. Really? Okay. Nothing wrong with I'm, that. I'm not familiar with the Chambers guns, um, honestly. like uh, It's everything about it is just it's made with love that's there, there's a lot of love all, all i know about the chambers guns and and i don't know is it joe chambers is that the yeah. dude's name never met the guy i did like i have no frame of reference all yeah. i've seen is some of the jaw-dropping price tags on those guns and i yeah. went whoo like i'll just and to be fair um I can take a box of parts raw, like I can call Jim's or Caspian or whoever STI back in the day and order a frame and a slide from whoever cut, however I want it, uh, a cart barrel or KKM or whoever. Um, and I can sit down in the shop and I can make a fully kick-ass gun. Oh yeah. Not many people in the era I was doing it, there was a 1911 gunsmith on every corner. Uh, so I was like, ah, the only reason I'm doing this is just to not have to pay that guy to do it. Um, nowadays, not the same. Yeah. Uh, those dudes are all dying or dead. Um, and most of the ones that are still active have a three to five year wait. Yeah. So, uh, and I don't do it for money or like, it's not a business of mine. It may be at some point, but everybody I know that does a really killer 1911, three to five years, mm -hmm. three to five grand. Like, um, so like the chambers guns, like the ones I've seen, and I don't know their model numbers or any, I don't even know Nighthawk or Wilson's anymore. I don't mm -hmm. keep up with it. Um, Less bare. I can't tell you the difference in a concept to in a premiere. Like I, I don't know. Uh, but all of those guns have something that most production guns lack, and it's hard Love. to put a finger on. <laughs> Love. That's the best way to sum it up. Um, I would say it's like a lot of attention to detail. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I, I used to tell people doing an action job is the easy part. It's taking the gun apart nine or 10 or 15 times and checking it that gets tedious. Um, but the actual act of like the parts that you need to mate and the, the, the spring prep and all the polish work, uh, 
that stuff's easy. It's all that finite minutia that you have to do to make it perfect. And um, that gun didn't come out perfect. Uh, it functions, it shoots well, it's, it, but that the lock work in it was, it left a lot to the be desired. But if all I had for a reference was, you know, I put a, I put a Temney trigger in my Gen 4 Glock. If that was my, that was my bar, then that thing's killer. It is amazing. And most people that I am around, that is exciting. They don't even do that. It's still, they're still running stock, everything in a Glock. Nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. That's my duty gun is a G45 with sights. Matter of fact, there it is right there. That is what I carry every single day. Uh, G45 with sights, Trigicon HDXRs. That's it. Like, I it, people are like, what'd you do to that gun? I'm like, I shot it. Uh, well, well, man, that gun shoots to do the Gen 5s out of the box. The triggers are, meh. Uh, they're decent for a Glock. Uh, I've had Gen 3s that were better, but I mean, at 25 yards, that thing will ring the center out of a 10 ring if you do your part. And yeah. uh, I, I shot a class with Justin Dial with that very gun, and dudes were like, oh, my God, that's awesome. What did you do to that gun? I'm like, uh, I don't know. I feed it like 147 American Eagle. That seems to work good. Put the Trigicons on it. <laughs> so, and I think, like, right now we are in a golden era with striker-fired guns. Yeah. Um, like we've never been before. And we are also in a golden era of wide body 2011s. Yes, we are. It's a great time to be alive. If you like firearms, it is. Um, it it's is. also go, going into help Berettas go to the Langdon's. Mine is in there and it is loaded currently because I did a, like a ninja stealth mission with DB to, uh, parts unknown and back. And, uh, the, currently like the only gun I'm, I'm i'm qualified with at work is a is a uh, g45 and i was like dude if that gets lost in luggage i'm gonna have like some splaining to do so i i tacked on the old ltt number 50 and uh in a wheel gun and i was like all right let's roll so number 50 yeah i've got number 50 i think you've got a lower model too i do isn't it like 22 or something 30 or Oh, so I have been so tempted to get one of the aftermarket. I guess they're all aftermarket coming from the optic ready slides from them. So tempted, but I still hold off because I like iron still. I can oh, say that on, on the 92s. I like, oh, just I, in I general. Mean, yeah. Jack. I mean, yeah, I get it. Like the, the Langdon 92, like, I've got a buddy at work that bought one of the slides and he mounted like an RMO six or whatever on it. Yeah. It is a killer setup. Like, and the, the thing I will say about Ernest uh, that does not hold true with some other people in the gun industry is when that dude puts something out, he it, it's top notch. There is no question about a, is that, you know, is that okay? Does it work? I mean, that dude, like he puts the time in and, you know, if, if Ernest called me tomorrow and he goes, dude, I have the ultimate barrel for a Glock. I'd be like, send me three. Because if he says that 
it carries water. Um, I have known other people in that space that are like, dude, I got the best next best thing. And it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> so, uh, but my buddy at work ordered that, that slide. He already had an LTT. Yeah. It, it was like a five digit, you know, he's one of those guys, whatever, but uh, he's not one of the two digit club, but, but I played with it and I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. That that's, that's pretty sporty. Um, the way this is configured now with the irons, it still shoots great. The irons work wonderfully. I'm, I'm happy with uh, keeping an irons gun. I have several of them. They're fine. Yeah. Last year I had Ernest re or not Ernest personally, but I went to his shop, uh, when I was leaving revolver roundup. And, uh, if you ever, have you ever looked at Phoenix on a map? It, things look like they're across the street and they're two and a half hours away. Uh, cause I was like, Oh, I'm at gunsight. That's like a three hour drive. And like two and a half of it was across Phoenix. It was un. I was like, Oh dude, I'm have to stop at a hotel tonight. Great. Uh, <laughs> but I had one of his gunsmiths, I took it in and he's like, what do you want done to this? And I'm like, replace every spring, every small part, uh, put a factory sear spring in it. Cause I like the factory four and a half. He makes them a little lighter. I, I'm like, that's just my preference. And I'm like, and I need some sights. And he goes, you're a top of the front sight guy. I'm like, yeah. And he goes here, I'm going to put in. And he put in like some Ameriglow or something. I, I I don't even know if it's on their website. I haven't looked, but uh, I had them put sights in and I looked at them and they had mated them up to the witness marks that were zeroed in on that gun. And I took it out a week later and I'm like, yep, they did it right. But he's like, I could have just shipped you the parts, dude. And I'm like, yeah, but it would have taken me three hours. That guy just did that in 15 minutes. I'm worth the drive. Yeah. Um, and the hotel. Yeah, 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 but uh, but yeah, and and just like all the years I've known that dude, he is such a detail guy that I know if he says, "All right, I got this part, I designed this part, it's it's X Y Z," it is at as advertised, and uh, he's one of the few dudes that you know if he says it, I buy it. Like that's. That's uh, that's how much value his word carries to, uh, to me. So, and then there's Nate, and I don't know Nate, and he's been here for like five minutes listening to me yak. So, no worries. I actually, um, I was one of the slew of people that came through your uh, course at Revolver Roundup last week. <laughs> but, but we were all like dressed, so we were like like we were Eskimos, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so my apologies for not recognizing you uh, no i wouldn't re i wouldn't expect a uh a celebrity if you're caliber no i'm just kidding i <laughs> i had a guy today no, I when i saw you on what's that no go ahead go ahead oh i had a dude today do you know uh tan brady from north carolina he works with uh tim kelly and the apache dudes right and he sends me i've known the guy since like may uh, we, we were in Tom Gibbons range master instructors course together and he bested me by 0.25 points on a test and took top gun away from me anyway. Uh, but I don't resent that at all. 
at all. No. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Dan's a great dude, but he sends me an Instagram message today and he goes, dude, how did I not know that you're the EDC belt company guy? I'm like, you never asked, dude. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm kind of like, still like, that's just something I do, man. It's like, uh, I don't walk around like, hi, Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration. You know, it's not me. So, uh, well, Nate, did you enjoy the PPC block that I gave? And you, you don't have to blow smoke up my ass, man. If you, no, I, I, uh, no, you didn't. <laughs> um, so like you, I think I had, uh, I had quite the drive home. Um, so I live in Boise, so I had, I had a little bit of time and, uh, ended up calling a couple of my buddies and kind of doing a little bit of, a. A, uh, a review, I guess, because at least one of them really wanted to come. The timing just wasn't right. So usually we'll kind of give each other a little mini AAR of anything that we go to. Mm -hmm. He went to a shot class last month that I missed and such. Um, and I was telling him it was it was it was a little different than I expected, um, yeah. but it ended up being really good. Um, I am a I am a sucker for you know history and the origin of things and answering the why questions and things like that. And, yeah. you know, I, I would have, I, I much preferred revolver roundup as it was than if it was just a bunch of, okay, we're going to get out on the, on the, on the line. We're going to shoot a whole bunch of rounds. You know, we're going to, you know, do a bunch of, you know, we're going to do basically a standard class, except we're all doing it with wheel guns. I, I really appreciated how basically all of the, all of the blocks incorporated a significant amount of, of history and, you know, some of them entirely, you know, some of Daryl's lunchtime lectures and things like that. And, you know, once again, from an outsider's perspective, um, from the, uh, from what Daryl and, and some of the, the, the organizers were talking about, you know, beyond, beyond teaching skills, it's also, you know, not losing some of that institutional knowledge. Yeah. And so you probably really recognize that. I recognize that I held it. It was, uh, and, oh, and I, you almost took I, it. I, <laughs> My holster wouldn't fit it, but no, I, I loved uh, I loved seeing some of those guns that you had the uh, uh, the PPC guns, the, the inch and a half diameter barrels, um, trying the uh, the actions on those and things like that. And uh, yeah, just running through and shooting the PPC course. I actually, if if there was if if that was an option, I would go and shoot some of those if if I had them locally. Just uh, kind of once again for that history aspect, and it's one of those few shooting sports that the scoring and the courses are the exact same as they've been for, for decades. And mm -hmm. so it'd be really cool just to kind of stack your, stack your score up against, you know, what others have done. And, you know, I'm always a sucker for accuracy. So um, I've, I've run a little weekly matchup here. We use uh, hip factor scorings, which, which I love and I think it's great. And I like shooting matches like that, but I do also like, I do also like really, uh, really pushing the accuracy as well. So You're also a double, a uh, double action sucker too, though. Oh yeah, when when I when I jumped in, you were talking about Ernest Lang, but I mean that's right up my alley. He was he's the best courses I've been to, and it was the first of you know I when I when I went to his course, I'd probably been to you know I don't know a dozen or something classes, maybe a few more. It was the first class I'd ever been to that did not have a Glock in it. And and you know usually it was me, the odd guy, you know the lefty with the two two six or the you know whatever, and in in a field of you know Glock nineteen, Glock seventeen. And, uh, yeah, in that class, lots of, uh, 
HKs, lots of CZs. In fact, I think there was only one striker fired gun. It was a it was a, uh, a CZ P10. So yeah. great. So did- and I I absolutely agree. I I wholly trust him and his integrity. He's an excellent instructor, very good at diagnostics, which I think is one of the most important uh, um, skill sets you can have as an instructor. And uh, I would absolutely go back and train with him again someday. So. so did you attend Brian's course where he was doing double action only at 25 yards with revolvers too? Two? Uh, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I shot so my, uh, I'm guessing my when he presented that, that didn't throw you for a loop. You're perfectly fine yeah. with it. Yeah. Okay. 25. Yeah. yeah double action, whatever. I do that all the time. Um, I mean, when yeah. I was, yes, you do. In, when I bought my first two, two, six, I, uh, I deliberately, because I really get into a lot of like the mental side of competition, which kind of leads into the mental side of, you know, concealed carry and shooting performance in general. So I would, I would intentionally shoot like my most difficult shots on a course first, you know, or I would intentionally, when I would go out to practice, I would shoot BAs, but I would shoot them all, you know, one DA, one FA, decock, and then holster up and, you know, do it over and over again. I just wanted to drill into my mind that guess what? Double action is not inaccurate. It's also not slow and things like that. So now. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mentally, to me, you know, to take a, to take a double action shot is, you know, to me mentally and, and practically no more difficult fire single action whatever so so you're a masochist like me that's yes awesome. he is <laughs> well I, i'm i'm glad that you and you appear to have enjoyed the revolver roundup and uh my oh, block absolutely. if i if i possibly, if i could possibly go back every year i would i don't know if that's yeah. possible with schedule and stuff but if i could i would and so. my block was almost purely historical uh yeah which yeah. Not hysterical. Not well, it was a little hysterical, you know. Like I said, you know, people go, Why'd you become a cop? And I said, Stand up comedy, I would have starved. Uh, but you're probably I, I could totally see you being one of the cops that, that could have a shirt that's like, you know, I hate when my like when I'm so um I have so much satire or I'm my humor is so dry that people assume I'm stupid. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 
man. Yeah, that's that's pretty spot on. Um, the uh, it, the funny thing was when it was like at the end of those blocks, and I'd let some people handle the guns and stuff. And you know, within reason, it was gun sites rules are very like strict. So we had to kind of work a little bit of that. But um, but somebody came up, Frank Groth or somebody came up to me, and he's like you really didn't talk about all of this and sites and all that. I'm like, yeah, that crap doesn't change. Yeah. He's like, the only thing you mentioned was the uh, stance deal. I don't know if you caught that part. Like, yeah, the, the, the rolling the hips back, the, yeah. the, the bullseye stance sort of thing. Yeah. Right. And it was funny. Like two days later, a guy comes up to me and goes, Hey, show me that again. Because I, and I'm like, okay, no problem. He was shooting a six inch Python. And he's like, dude, this thing is a brick. Like I'm having trouble holding this thing. At the, and I'm like, okay, here it is. And all it is, is just to shift your center of gravity uh, from the gun to like the center of your arms. And it's real easy to get in the habit of leaning back, but it's just, it's just a structural stance to make, uh, to make the weight of the gun come back closer to your body without mm -hmm. compromising your stance. And, and everybody was like, well, I thought you were going to teach us to shoot at 50 yards. I'm like, if you can hold the gun still and do this 50 yards is no different than five yards. It's just, yep. um, you know, grip sights trigger. But, uh, if you can't hold the freaking gun up and I don't care if it's this, if it's this snub two inch, uh, you know, pre-war, you probably saw that one too on the table. Yep, uh, yeah. yeah it, I don't care if it's that gun you hold that dude up at the end of your arms at 50 yards for very long and it yeah. will absolutely kick your, it'll kick your arms ass real quick. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even those J frames, if you're, if you're looking at an all steel gun, you're still 20 plus ounces plus your yes. other weight. And, and yeah, the, the duration you've got to shoot. It's actually, I was, when you were presenting, I thought it was interesting because I was comparing it to the, you know, traditional stances of, you know the bullseye shooters you know you know like a 1911 or something you know kind of that mm -hmm. that you know, single hand things like that but you know the 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 grip and stance and stuff that you were talking about for ppc is born out of the need to hold a probably a little bit heavier gun but also to pull a you know double action trigger and not a you know one pound single action 1911 trigger yeah uh, well and you know that inch and a half barrel jones gun that actually wasn't my gun anymore. And I borrowed it and I had to return it sadly. Uh, but the whole purpose of that inch and a half barrel is to get the gun to weigh more than the trigger. So yeah, that, and I'm like, that's a five and a half pound, six pound gun. Yeah. Like you can't hold that dude at the end of your arms for very long before you're like, I should have like squats don't help bro. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah. And the, and the interesting thing is you talked about, you know, how, how generally generous the time, the time hacks are, the time limits are, mm -hmm. but really they're not, they're not so generous, you know, like, like one minute per shot bullseye. I mean, you're not able to bring that gun back into your chest between shots or even, you know, probably once and get good sight pictures on all of them. So you really do have to, you know, have it out at extension for the entire cylinder. Yeah. Your only break is a reload <laughs> mm -hmm. and, uh, and that's uh, one of the reasons I liked shooting the old distinguished match. One, the gun was lighter and, uh, two, it was, it, it just, it didn't, it didn't fatigue me cause you were just shooting a 60 round match five and 
And anyway, that, that was kind of my strong suit. I always liked that match and I always liked shooting that particular gun, but, um, but yeah, man, I'm glad you enjoyed it. And you know, DB tapped me at the, like three weeks before it, he's like, I need you there. I need you to put on a block. Can you, I'm like, you mean I'm going to like present at gunsight? Like what, what planet did I just wake up on this week? Um, I had several of those moments like it, last year. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm at gunsight. And I've been reading that dude's articles since I was a kid. And I am on this range that Pat Rogers and, you know, Louis Auerbach were standing right here. Like, and then I'm driving, I'm riding around in a van, drinking a yingling lager with Freddie Blish at the helm. Like what alternative reality have I woke up in? And then the next year, Hey, will you present a couple of blocks? I'm like, yeah, okay. Uh, and I'm standing there with like Ken Campbell watching my class and I'm going, oh my God, like what planet did I just wake up on? And then, and then the last one was like, Freddie Blish comes over and he goes, Hey dude, we got to get a picture together. And I'm like, hold on a minute. Uh, let me just take this in for a second. Okay. Let's get a picture. Um, and that, uh, that whole event, um, and I'm not talking out of school saying this, that whole event is just to keep that revolver school and discipline and, uh, and keep that, that legacy alive. Cause it is just, it's dying off. And the number of people that come there and some of them, just being like a revolver hobbyist and then some of them being serious revolver carriers that like, and all points in between. And it's like, Daryl wanted a lot of history. He's like, dude, we got to keep the torch burning for this. And, uh, and now with, you know, like with Ruger LCRs and LCRXs and stuff like that and the new Colts and stuff like that, it, it's, it, it's come back to some degree, but there's a lot of like historical institutional knowledge that's just dying off. And that's what I really appreciate. I don't know how old you are, Nate, but like I'm 43 and I was young, one of the young dudes there. So. Yeah. Well, um, I need 10 years on me. In fact, I, I messaged Caleb before the event and uh, <clears throat> he had mentioned that when he did his first block last year, that, that he was probably one of the youngest guys there. And I told him, you know, I'm, my goal is to beach and be the youngest person there. And I don't know if I was, but I was probably one of the three or something like that. Yeah. Um, Ryan Baker, who I see at revolver roundup. Uh, he's like, he's like a year younger than me. Caleb's usually the, the youngest instructor. And yeah, Caleb's, I think he's around 40, 40, 41. Um, yeah. and I, you, you probably were the youngest student there. The, um, or participant. I hate to call it student because it's like, like you said, it's not a formalized class, like, Oh, cover down on the line. We're going to shoot this. Um, other than it, like uh, Wayne Dobbs class is like really big on revolver fundamentals. Mm -hmm. uh, just some of the differences in shooting that in an auto and, and uh, Bricky yeah. same way. Um and uh, I was jealous because I've never gotten to go to Fricky's manipulations class. <laughs> and that dude's yeah. one of my good friends. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. sorry, dude. 
that's the thing with almost any of these kind of symposium things. I mean, I've done, I've been to everyone that Matt's done and usually there's just, there's more instructors, there's more blocks than there is time, you know, and, and I, you know, I, I regret the ones I didn't get to go to, but you know, I went as many as I could and, and, and picked up what I could and I'm happy with that. So. So why didn't you guys include Paul Harrell? That's what I want to know. <laughs> God dang, kick the hornet's nest, dude. Uh, I don't know the guy. I've only watched one of his YouTube videos. and it was. You've, that, I haven't even watched one. <laughs> and it was the one that Caleb Giddings was absolutely bagging on the guy about. And I'm like, I tell you what, the impression that I have, and, and this is not a knock on Paul Harrell. Paul, if you watch this, I don't hate you, bro. I don't, I don't even know you. I don't have an opinion. That... The uh, the impression, and this is not enough to form an opinion, that I get is like when I worked in my dad's gun shop from 87 to 89 as a kid, that was the gun dude that walked in there in the mid-80s. And like the little bit that I saw, I was like, and Caleb and him have some kind of rub. I, I, I don't know where that stands I think it's from. more the followers, it could be, I, I, like I said, I don't, I don't, <laughs> the problem with the internet is like it, <laughs> every asshole has something to say, right? Whatever. Um, and I think, and you know, Caleb's, he's a, I, I, I won't say like, we're not like best buds or anything. I mean, we talk on occasion. Um, I like, if that was the only light that you saw Caleb in, you would think he was an absolute dick. Yeah. And that dude like working the range with him, they called us the kids table. Cause we're both like under 50 consummate professional dude. There were several times I'm like, dude, I'm nobody. Like I'm just, I'm just a dude. Right. And I would be given a briefing and I'd look back and my range would be set up and I'm like, Caleb Giddings just set my range up. And this fly on the wall and would ask, like, is asking questions about the sport. And we're taught, and then the IDPA block that he was doing, I'd go post the targets up. And we, I'm like, holy crap, you know, if all I had was the impression of him doing like the bag on Paul, Paul Harrell video or whatever, like, man, this guy's an a hole. And you get to know him, and it's like, the dude is a great dude. He's like a fantastic human being. So I don't know what drove all that. I don't care. Um, the the little bit that I saw of Paul Harrell, he just reminded me of the '80s gun shop guy, and I'm like, there's room for everybody, dude. <laughs> so that's my that's my spiel on that. Yeah, that's a good spiel. And Andy's here. He's been a fly on the wall for like 20 minutes. I haven't had a chance to get a word in yet. This is true. (laughs) (laughs) I don't mind, man. You know, I just kind of hang out here anyways most of the time and just listen to y'all talk. I see some ranger scrolls back there, so you're going to have to elaborate on that a bit. Oh, oh, you don't know? I was a ranger. Andrew D. Fisher? I'm sorry. (laughs) You know. Trauma daddy? I don't. I was not in the the battalion or the regiment. I just went and got the cool school tab there. That was that was my extent of that. But 
Sorry, what what maybe we went to the same class. Nine double zero. Fucking cherry. <laughs> love it. Love it. Rookie. Uh fucking rookie. Yeah. Uh no, I went uh when did I go to ring school? Eleven ninety four. Oh wow, yeah. Yeah. One of the last ones to go to Desert Phase. Yeah, we had we had an RI at Camp Darby that was a per, a terminal E7 that decided he didn't want to go back to a line company cuz he was like old as dirt, man, and he was like they're like, "Hey man, Sergeant so and so was an instructor in Desert Phase and when they shut it down, he was like, "Oh, I'll just go back to Darby Phase." And he retired as an E7 with like 30 years on yeah uh, as a as a derby instructor and yeah some of the dudes hang out there for a long time in trey duck kind uh, of a plus and minus i guess some of those people you like please continue hanging out in trey duck other people are like jesus christ dude you've been hanging out in trey duck for fucking 10 years yeah 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 that's one of my one of my <sighs> Like I kicked myself now looking back a little bit, but uh, I had the opportunity to reenlist and go be an RI. And I was like, cause I was coming up on like that whole recruiting drill sergeant, all that stuff. And I ended up getting out and becoming a cop. And I was like, man, if I could have stayed another four and done like two and a half of that at, you know, at, at Florida or somewhere like that, that'd have been cool. But and then I had buddies that did it and they were like, dude, this is like perpetual hell. Uh, so yeah. you can, you couldn't pay me after that job. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just waiting for the military to kick me out at this point. Oh, are you still in? Yeah. After 28, 29 years. I've been, I've been passed over twice for Lieutenant Colonel, maybe three times for Lieutenant Colonel. So mm. that was kicked me out eventually. It's because of the memes. It is the memes. It's the memes. And I'm not there to do physical because that's what really makes a great medical officer is your ability to do physicals. Mm -hmm. So what's the word on the new tourniquet? Did you not watch my live last night? No, I was, I think I was asleep and I'm not supposed to Dude. sleep at night because I'm on graves, but yeah. It was um it was done at this by this time. Um it, it is actually posted on my Instagram. Good. Um, you know, I saved it. Um I had a um John from Filster come on. Yeah. And uh, you know, we talked a little bit about from his perspective, from a you know, everyday carry kind of perspective. Um, and you know, from what I've, I've been really honest with everyone, including, you know, the snake staff folks. And I said, uh, you know, this, this, the, the one inch tourniquet, you know, um, I had some significant concerns that it would be effective in any sort of grown person, um, that has any sort of amount of, you know, soft tissue underneath them, muscle tissue and such. Um, and I, you know, I, I, and I pointed out, you know, what I, my concerns about, you know, the one and a half inch even, um, overall, w when I think about it, when I look at it, uh, one, you know, I, I kind of explained one, this is my own opinions, right? So I should probably put that out there. My own opinions. And this is just me as a dude, just kind of like looking at things. 
I think it's probably will end up okay being a pretty decent tourniquet after the next iteration. You know, you, what tourniquet out there, what what device out there, what gun out there, name it, is perfect, good to go, first time around. That doesn't make any sort of corrections at all. Zero. And, and, and so that's... What's that? That's good. I said the M14. It's perfect. M14. Perfect. Perfect. I kind of want one, though. But... <laughs> But uh, no, I, uh, I I think, um, you know, it has a lot of great um, chance to be pretty damn good and to be uh, to be a, a nice tourniquet out for people to carry. And and I, I have and I tell people all the time, I'm willing to provide any sort of input for anyone out there. I'm not paid by them. I don't get anything out of this. It's just simply, you know, if you have a product that you think is good, I'll be happy to provide you feedback. It's going to be good. It's going to be bad. And so that's what I kind of shared with them beforehand. And I shared with them, you know, during the live and they were actually on the live. It actually answered some questions too. And some of the stuff they actually have been working on too. So, you know, when I talked about, you know, this, my issue with uh, this back here, like the way this thing attaches or kind of comes through this, you know, this little piece here, one, this can get drawn up in there and then can interfere with how you're tightening the tourniquet, but the dogs will be pulled back through. So what do I have now? Now I have, you know, the piece, you know, the, the piece of um, uh, uh, crap here that is going to be able to tighten up the tourniquet. So, you know, this is some stuff that they recognize that is a shortfall right now. Hmm. But they're, they're very open to, to uh, you know, changing things. Yeah. Yeah. The the thing that, that puzzled me about the whole thing was being a new product, how many people just wanted to jump on it? Why are, why are people so quick to jump on something? This is a piece of life-saving, potentially life-saving equipment. Me, I'm going to wait for testing. I'm going to wait for maybe Gen 2. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to uh, help people have problems with adopting a new Sig Sauer pistol mm. in ver version one. Why are you doing that with the tourniquet? And this is nothing against the company doing it. I've had some wonderful conversations with what, uh, one of the guys over there. Yeah. But just with the, the, that's just one of the aspects that just puzzles me with this. Well, I mean, I, I think you know about, you know, the, the you know, kind of loss of the expert, right? Mm -hmm. um, Every, everyone's an expert because the tourniquet everyone can use. So everyone's now a complete expert on it. Uh, they know exactly um, how it works, what's supposed to work, uh, regardless of, of what, you know, evidence or lack of evidence is out there. Uh, I will say that their, their marketing campaign is genius very good uh the way they marketed it they got a great campaign out there uh and and i honestly believe it is is that i've told them from the get-go is i think they mean well i think they're trying to do the right thing yes uh and again i have no no qualms about what they're trying to do yeah. and uh just like you know steve said you know willing to, they're willing to accept critical feedback and improve the pro uh, is probably the best sign of a good things to come very true I, I think it's going to be, end up being a, a nice product. 
Um, I just think that everyone is an expert and no one is really willing to kind of uh, sit back and kind of wait for the evidence. One, oh, no, they, I will. They, they, they don't <laughs> understand it. So they don't understand what they don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not going to. Yeah. Don't even send one to me. That yeah. there would make no sense. Yeah. No, it's a. I've had I've had great conversations with them, um, and uh, again, I, I've been honest with them. Everything I said last night, I've said to them um, either on phone, on the phone or through text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and they're out of Utah too, aren't they? Uh, are they? Yeah, I thought they're in North Carolina. Uh, maybe one of them was from Utah. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. No, but yeah, this this the the one inch tourniquet. Uh, uh, they asked me. They hit me up some questions today about it, um, and I was kind of in and out of the OR all day, so I didn't get a chance to really get back to them. I'm really, it's going to take me a few days to do it, but yeah, um, you know, supposedly they've had great success with it. I uh, with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power. Loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to end up working out in the end. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll all be effective. Maybe it won't. You know, there's some people last night, you know, you know, you know, you got a one-inch tourniquet there. How's that compared to the rest? I said, well, the, the big thing is, is, is that, you know, currently the rats has evidence to demonstrate that it can control hemorrhage outside of, you know, what the what the owner state and i'm not saying this isn't going to be able to control hemorrhage i'm just saying that based upon what we know that you know things like one inch tourniquets are not necessarily effective in controlling hemorrhage uh and real life scenarios yeah yeah wasn't it the israelis that were doing some like really wide swath tourniquet the israeli bandage no, no, I thought, <laughs> no, no, I thought they really use a uh, modified, somewhat of a modified, it basically looks like a SWAT tee, except longer and a little bit more, a little more give to it. Okay. Uh, they've actually had a lot of success in combat with it. How much success have they had at the, like, you know, point of injury, like counter fire? Um, I'm not sure, but, but definitely the, they call it the IEST. If I remember correctly, and uh, it it works actually really well, um, and so does the SWAT. SWAT T actually works really well too. Um, it's just probably not great for like a carrier fire. Huh. Yeah, and that's a you know the the data we use for the 
for the TCCC uh, recommendations um, uh, was a lot of the DOD testing. Um, Piper Wall out of uh, Iowa State, um, she's a PhD and a veterinarian. She's done a lot of great work with the SWAT T that has demonstrated that it uh, works really well in a lot of situations. Hmm. So people talk about, hey, SWAT T is work. I'm like, well, it does. And people say, hey, is it good for, is it a good thing for you to use? I said, absolutely, it's probably a good thing for you to use. If that's what you choose to carry and that's what you're proficient to using, go for it. Uh, it's probably not great for like imminent danger situations, but you know, if you're everyday carry sort of situations to where we all know that is most likely outside of being law enforcement is most likely going to be some sort of action to where you're not having to dodge a bullet or, you know, some sort of enemy, then it's perfectly okay. As long as you understand how it works. Uh, uh, yeah, I think yeah. I've been consistent on that message of, yeah. oh yeah, most likely it is how you practice with your device or weapon or whatever that is the biggest difference overall yeah yeah well and and it's i found it to be just plain tiresome that everyone wants everything delineated everything's on lists and this is good this is bad these are tears and all this that's not that's not world that's not the life that's not life the world does not work that way Mm-hmm. Now, people with OCD might, and they have their, their blue Legos over here and their red Legos over here. That's mm-hmm. not the way the world works. Yeah. You know, and I, and I never mind providing like, hey, here, here's some recommendations. Like, yeah. here's, here's a list of stuff. You know, um, they tend to work pretty well overall. Find something that works for you. Um, it's I think it may be tough for some people who maybe don't get the opportunity to mess around with as much stuff as I do from the medical perspective. So I can understand kind of their, some of their hesitancy, I guess, but at the same time, it's, you know, you have just as many people out there who are playing the expert and going, well, that's trash. That's garbage. And what you need to go, you just need to go buy this tourniquet. According to yeah, yeah. According yeah. to according to the list that we made in two thousand. Yeah, yeah. According to this Facebook group. Well, we made that list, but here's what I'm telling you: as a person who made the list. Yeah. Uh, yeah. People get people get kind of weird about about that. Well, and that's like a post I decided to repost, and basically it's it kind of talks about that whatever the hell's going on with optics. I don't remember. Yeah, low power variable optics are out and fixed power. Who cares? Yeah. If it works, it works. Yeah. Stop caring what anyone else thinks. Yeah. Start yeah. focusing on what your experience is, uh, coupled with what your mission is, because ultimately missions, what's driving, what's what we should be what we should be uh, choosing and doing. Yeah. Stop forgetting what social media or stop caring what social media is telling you should that you should care about. Yeah, I t- completely agree. I still have a EOTech with a three by on on one of my guns. How I dare you? L- I have an LCAN. How I- dare you? I love that motherfucker. Jesus, I, I um, and because that's that's what I use. That's what I like. And you know, how dare you? 
I know. I don't. I don't even know if those are really completely out, uh, but uh, I certainly can imagine this probably not a lot of people's favorites. I don't know. the The idea behind the L can makes so much sense. I love it so much. It made it made uh, so much sense like in Afghanistan, you know, especially up in like Sharana or Shank or someplace like that where you have mountains and potential to be, you know you know, going to a house or something like that. Uh, it really did provide you with that, you know, pretty quick transition. Um, and, you know, it was always, it was always useful for me, but, you know, whatever. But someone somewhere right now, as you speak these words that has, uh, you know, massive levels of experience in Call of Duty is getting ready to tell you how wrong you are on the interwebs. It's true. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, it, it's, I mean, I, you know, I'm in some of these, some of these groups and I've been, I've been booted from some because, you know, I, I, I won't like, I won't post a gun or something like that. I'm like, mm -hmm. just, just, uh, it's just not really my thing. I, I don't, I don't do that. Um, but it's just, it's fucking ridiculous. It's like, you kids have never fucking you, you you put on your shit you you make some money you spend a lot of fucking money on weapons and you go to the range and you shoot that's awesome um and i'm, I'm happy for you um and i don't come down on you for what you want to fucking buy buy whatever the fuck you want i don't give it i don't give two shits um but fuck what fucking balls you fucking motherfuckers have for fucking questioning dudes who fucking actually have pulled fucking triggers and you know all that shit that happens down fucking range. There's the army coming at him right now. <laughs> just, just full send. I, oh. it, I know it sounds awful, right? I mean, because it's kind of the typical fucking talk that we 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 do, and and I suppose they do also. Uh, at the end of the day, I don't really care what people think. Um, I'm going to use what makes sense to me. Yes. And, yeah, and I don't care what you use. I made a post on Lee Weems podcast How page dare you? that inflamed people when I said, you know, it's not about the dot or not the dot. It's not. It's about <laughs> people that have experience in violence don't care what you carry. They're ex they're they're concerned about making you good with it. The people that live in the realm of theory are concerned about the gadget. They're concerned about the, yeah. the, you know, well, I carry gold dot because at 50 yards, it does better than HST. Whereas, or, or I, I carry a, a, a three and a half MOA dot because a, a six MOA dots just, it's just covering up too much of the, there's all this stupidity out there. And the, the people that have immersed themselves in violence for real, if you got to carry that, let me make you as good with that as you possibly can be. Um, with wad cutters of all things, right? And that's where, to me, the internet gets lost in, in translation. And I made the statement to a friend of mine. Uh, I won't say his name because he's a friend of mine and I, I don't want to drag him into this, but I said, look, you're a competition guy. I'm like a go out and do or carry in a non-permissive environment. Like that's my world, right? The, the further I get from police work, 
the further I get away from carrying a full-size gun all the time, right? It just is what it is. But I said, but we need to be in conflict constantly. And he's like, what? I said, we need to be in this healthy conflict all the time. He's like, why is that? I said, because that's where the growth happens. That's where this guy over here is, well, no, my Kung Fu's better. And this guy goes, well, show me. Oh, yeah, maybe that's a little better. And then this guy over here goes out and body bags somebody with your Kung Fu and goes, yeah, that works pretty good. Let's incorporate that. But if we're all in harmony all the time, it ends up being an echo chamber of self-love. Yes, absolutely. That is 100%. I talk about this in medicine all the time. Same thing. I look for people to disagree with me so I can make things better. So even though, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bag on all these uh, dudes who, you know, have never been to combat. Um, there are a lot of awesome things that do come out of it. And a lot of uh, people who, you know, buy shit and, and kind of introduce things. It's fantastic. Um, and, you know, I'd look at it with, I'd try to take everything with a grain of salt. And if I see something that may be better than, then awesome. I'm, maybe, maybe I'll incorporate that. I just don't get into the bashing of choices. Yeah. I, you know, I had a, an instructor reach out to me that like accused me of being passive aggressive about something I put online. And I was like, look, bro, I like, I got respect for your program. I got respect for everybody's. If you're doing live fire training with people that you don't know, um, you know, welcome to the club of dudes that carry their nuts around in a wheelbarrow because there's a lot of risk there. Mm -hmm. Um, big deal. I don't care what you teach. Don't mm -hmm. care at all. Um, but if it chips at your fragile ego enough that something I said is like, you take that as a reflection of, of, of yourself and you need to, def you feel so compelled to defend it. Well, a, I don't care. And B, maybe that's the introspection you need to really evaluate what you're teaching people. Mm -hmm. uh, passive aggressive is not my style, A. And B, it's like, you know, the guys that have no background in doing violence to other human beings, if you and me don't stay in conflict, we end up in a, in a self-fulfilling prophecy of BS. Yeah. So right. we need to stay yeah. in con. We need to have that rub, but we need to have enough of a, uh, let's say, not an ego involved in it to be able to go, mm, well, the guys that have done that don't really agree with this. Why? Mm -hmm. Well, hey, the guys that are shooting competition or, or theoretical defensive pistol stuff, they're doing this this way. Is that a better way? Could I incorporate that? Mm -hmm. uh, the thing that I don't like is self-licking ice cream cones, as my buddy Rob Garrett says. Well, I am the know-all, end-all, be-all. I can tell you, like, like all the training I've ever been through, I have borrowed some great stuff from dudes like Ernest Langdon. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't 100% agree with everything he teaches. I don't doesn't mean that I bag on the guy that he's a bad dude or, or it, there's just, there's minutia in there that I go never really found that to be applicable. Yeah. It's okay. We can have that disagreement and I'm using Ernest cause I know, I know him well, and I'm not talking specifics here, but for some reason there is this huge ego rub and 
I talked to a friend of mine at work that he's a defensive tactics guy. Those dudes are probably the most open-minded trainers I've ever met because they can go and pressure test it right then. Oh, that makes them good. It's exactly. He goes, we don't operate in the realm of theory, right? We operate in, oh, that, that takedown technique. Well, let's go see how that works. Throw on all your gear Mm -hmm. and they go hit mats and do it with firearms dudes. Hey, this bullet designs better than that one and better da da. Well, I can't take you out and go, all right, stand there while I shoot you and let's see if this really works. So we operate a lot in the realm of theory and there's a select few that get to go and pressure test that for real. And the ones that pressure test that for real are very apprehensive to adopt things that they don't know if they work or not. Does that make sense? Yeah. But there has to be that, that rub like, um, or like I said, we end up going, yeah, that's the greatest thing ever. Oh yeah. We're all in harmony and ever, you know, there's impossibly Pat Rogers, impossibly blue skies and mm-hmm. puffy clouds and rivers of chocolate cotton ball, all, cotton balls, okay, whatever. And, and I'm like, we should totally always be in conflict. And if you can't accept that, there's 10 other people that will take your place in line by. Um, so, you know, I mean, I adopt things from the competition world, from the defensive shooting world. I think there's stuff in the defensive shooting world that got permeated. That's total bullshit. Uh, fine motor skills, gross motor. Come on. Get it. Like we teach F 16 pilots to throw 150 switches. And you, you mean to tell me that using my thumb is a fine mo- Fuck off. I thought this was too. Yeah. Right. I go, you, whatever. Not only that, but I'm doing that while I'm holding something in alignment. Come on. Like it, there's some of that, per, that bullshit that permeates in there that I completely dispense with. And when I talk to my competition buds, uh, they're like, oh, well, you know, if, if I don't have my Roland special and my 8 million lumens, and I'm like, time out. Like, you can search a building with a Bic lighter. It, it's okay. Like, you're going to be fine. Uh, but if we don't keep that conflict going, that conversation never, never stays intact, and we don't grow as a community towards the greater good of making people more dangerous and making them more safe, right? Yeah, I, I agree. I, you know, I uh, work a lot in across the spectrums. You know, I'm in these Facebook groups and and such with people that have almost zero medical experience. Um, as I, I, I'm sorry, but bring a little bit back to from yeah. perspective of medical stuff. But um, you know, you know, I'm forced to uh, either explain myself in a in a way that. Uh, uh, you know, it, it helps me engage with people who maybe not either understand it or maybe presented an argument for something for or against what I'm saying. Uh, all the way up to, you know, you know, the, the community I'm talking about my casualty care. So along the spectrum, uh, you know, I think it's fantastic that if you are able to continuously to be engaged with people uh, that, you know, don't have the arrogance that, hey, I'm not here. I'm not so fucking good that I can't sit here and talk to someone who has zero medical experience, who has or has no fucking understanding what I'm trying to say. I'm I, it, it helps me, I think, establish one that my what I'm trying to say is right. 
And if it's not right, then, you know, you know, well, if they don't understand it, is it right? Or if I'm not explaining it correctly, or if I'm not trying to articulate it well enough, or is it wrong? And do I need to change the way I'm doing things? So uh, staying engaged across that spectrum, I think uh, overall is a fantastic opportunity. That's one thing I really do actually like about social media, regardless of some of the, you know, shit that we get from folks um, when they decide to troll us sometimes. Well, I'm, I'm criticized frequently for going to what we would consider low information groups. The nice thing about that, though, is I get to hone my craft and it's constantly tested and I constantly am getting challenged and I get to explain things in different ways. And it helps me understand my own content or my own perspectives better. And it's fun because I can bring it up and someone will say, well, what about this? What about that? Mm hmm. I need to yeah. look at that. I need to look at that. That is, that's a good observation. Let's figure this out. Yeah. I've had plenty of interactions like that where I'm like, I, I don't know. Um, you know, I'm, maybe I'll look into it a little bit. The, the, uh, yeah. I think there's a lot of great opportunities out there. Yeah. I mean, you, you recognize the, you know, when certain names come up, you're like, oh, okay, here we go. But yeah. most people I think are, are pretty, I think uh, just, genuinely interested in hearing thoughts and asking questions. So well, I, I certainly, I think it's one of the greatest things about social media um, is being able to reach so many people and be able to interact with them in a yeah. way that, that they may have never envisioned. And maybe, maybe not everyone knows, you know, what I do for a living and, and how I'm involved um, that they, they typically find out pretty quickly. Um, as I try to explain things. Yeah. Well, the medical thing, that is like, that's one of my weak points. I carry tourniquets. I carry a pile of tourniquets, right? Um, I can remember like a few years ago, there was this debate over, well, this one's better than that one. That's better than this one. And da, 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 da. And I'm like, you know what I'm not seeing is a whole lot of like trauma surgeons telling me which tourniquet is the best. Uh, when I was in the army, we used a stick and an Israeli bandage. And guess what? We saved a lot of people's lives with those. So the fact I have a gadget now that, that makes that, that process more efficient is great. If there's a better mousetrap, a bet like, and I carry like, cat tees i guess they are I, I don't even know the brand because to me it's in the realm i live in today it's pretty low like low information low risk but if if andrew was to say hey dude that thing don't cut the mustard man you should probably look at this one i'd go tell me more about that mm -hmm. what well i'm sorry i'm in no danger of making a field amputation here like, yeah. tell me, uh, tell me why you prefer that one over the others. Um, it, but there was this hot debate on social media and I'm watching dudes that the, the biggest risk they have is they might drop a coffee cup on their foot in the morning, having a debate over which tourniquet is better. And, and I'm like, the same thing with flashlights. Mm -hmm. Oh my you God. Know? Flashlights are you being so oh, I love flashlights. Oh my God. <laughs> hey, it's mind-numbing. It, it is. And uh, thanks to Andy Stanford, I got some new Surefire gear at the uh, 
revolver roundup and uh i totally tested your photonic barrier. photonic barrier yeah yeah and i went eh, this right. pocket light works fine yeah. whatever uh but but, but you're aware was, but it was something i i had never considered yeah. and i'm like and i kept having all these people tell me about it that were like like attorneys and shit like that and i'm like eh, whatever dude like i've searched buildings with this protac for years whatever and then okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Matt says, hey, you know, if you go into a bright parking lot, and I went, oh God, in my own condo complex, I'm like, oh, those LEDs watch that dude right out. Something to be aware of. All right. Here and we that's are. what it's about being aware. Hmm. And, uh, you know, but it was an informed decision at that point. But hearing it from people that operated in the realm of theory daily, I'm like, I see no reason to change this. It's worked for me for 15 years. What's the, what is your hang up with my pocket light, for God's sake? Like, well, it's this, that, and the other. And then when you explained it to me a couple of weeks ago, I was like, Oh, I'm going to go to see what that's all about. And then I did. And I went, okay, good thing. Like if this is, I'm going to work nights again, then I'm going to have this, uh, you know, this surefire IntelliBeam eight gajillion candela light in my pocket instead of just this ProTac. Like, okay. Makes total, totally anchored the concept. Right. But I, I don't remember. Maybe it was Steve Fisher that said the, the the internet everybody has a or everybody has something to say and now they got a place to say it you know something like that but oh god all right it's awkwardly quiet mm -hmm. so just to make um to, to circle back just briefly all right jinsaki yeah <laughs> oh yeah that's right um, Daryl does that to me every time I say that. He's like, all right, circle back, Saki. Andy and his Elkan. I personally want to do a poor man's Elkan with a fixed magnification primary optic and an offset red dot. Sure. The poor man's. Do it. And I suspect if I were to do that, I will be made fun of. And that is okay. I'm already judging you. Well, good. Well, no, you're not going to be made fun of, Matt. That's the new cool thing on the internet. Is the Probably. Optic on an ACOG, which obviously has never, ever been done before. No, no one's ever done that. No. But I, I was talking. 
last week. So people were just trying it out. It's cool. Well, and you and you might be able to see it on Call of Duty. Bringing that up as well. Um, well, as soon as my KD ratio gets good enough, I'll be able to upgrade and throw a red dot on top of it. So absolutely. But uh, I think it was a podcast we were talking about that kind of stuff, and I was talking about you know what on my low power low power variable optics. They're usually at max magnification, and then I have my offset. Why don't I just remove the middleman and remove the uh, the dial and just stay at max mag and have the offset and done? Well, I think obviously this is this is an industry where people make money selling things, and there's nothing wrong with that. However, there is there is a push, I think from a lot of these companies that sell things and it, and they do it because it works is that as soon as something comes out that is marginally better than the late than the last greatest thing that somehow your capability with what you currently own is diminished yes and, and that's the thing that that I have to keep reminding myself and I have to remind others about is just because something new came out you still have the same abilities that you always have that you've always had with that and you know obviously the, the practice and the training comes into play more than the equipment a lot of times um but that's just a kind of a constant battle like okay i had this one to six and i'm doing some you know some decent work with it and i'm able to, to perform at level x you know okay now the one to eight comes out okay well it's, it's not oh well now six is still working fine or with my one to six it's you know, maybe down the line sometime you might want to look into upgrading. When you upgrade, maybe you'll get something that's marginally better. But there's really, I, I don't, I can't think of an instance where something came out that was such an improvement on what was already out that it would justify, you know, all of that extra money and that opportunity cost to replace what you already had. Oh, I can think of something. It's a flashlight. <laughs> And it's my crappy surefire weapon light that got replaced by a mod light. And I haven't looked back because under certain photonic barriers, you can't even tell the damn lights on, but yeah, but Nate, th this is coming from a guy that's carrying a, like a classic SIG, not a 320. So. At least yeah, I don't have to worry about dropping it. Yep. No, I, I, don't I I can't remember the last time I carried a gun without a hammer that I couldn't thumb down when I holstered. So I'm, I'm like the oldest young person or something like that. I don't know. What? Yeah, here's my, Carry here's the my, torch, man. Here's my sweet, uh, ready for anything. Uh, SIG for or uh, SIG. <laughs> Same thing. Four two PD in uh, thirty two, which is one of my uh, favorite carry guns. Though I was over at Al's today and I did see a 226. I forgot which specific model for under a thousand bucks. And I thought, Oh, I want that. But no. Uh, my, my opinion on the price of the P series SIGs has been um, forever skewed by all the, all the uh, LE trade-ins that I used to buy. So yep. anything over like $500, I'm like, eh, I've got enough 226s. I'll pass. Yeah. You are the youngest old guy in the group. That's that's my plight. Every time I see a seven hundred dollar model sixty five, I'm like, "What are you out of your mind? Like, what?" Oh, seriously, me and uh, I've got a I've got a buddy who we uh, were on the revolver stick together, 
And, uh, yeah, we keep, we keep kicking ourselves over like, Oh, we had those model pens back in the day where, you know, $250 or like we were just everyone, talking about that. Everyone was trading in old Smiths. You go to the pawn shop. I could have filled a, you know, I could have filled a garbage bag up with old, uh, double action Smiths. And now they're, yeah, they're all going for 700 bucks. Did I ever tell you guys about the wall of broken dreams? Okay. Allow me well, if I will. This doesn't involve the uh, the big the big barrel of uh, of uh, used Smiths that you that you went through that you nice. told it uh, it's even worse or better or however you it's better and worse. Uh, yeah. So I got on this kick in about 2004. Uh, I was married and had a small house, and all of a sudden I like I I start making some money, and I'm like, oh, cool. And a bunch of my buddies were two, three years into law enforcement. And by making money, I mean, like I had cracked 40 grand a year. I was like, I the top of the mountain is here. And uh, anyway, so I'm living in this dual income household and I have a lot of disposable income. So I start carrying like four or 500 bucks in my shirt pocket, you know, because all my peers at the time were starting into that. I was married before law enforcement and now I'm a cop and now I'm getting divorced thing. So I'm like, Oh yeah, you got any guns you want to dump? Oh yeah. So I start buying model 29s, six 29s, 29s, uh, performance center 29s. Like I was on this 44 mag kick. Right. And my gun safe had 10 hangers on the door and I had 10 model 29s uh, or six twenty, just all configuration. Right. Uh, the hunters, the mountain gun, the, the like all the ones that everybody charges a lot of money for. And I had no more than $450 in any of them. And a buddy of mine comes over and like, I bought a gun from him or something, or he's buying a guy. I don't remember. And I opened my gun safe and he's like, it's like, you know, Pulp Fiction when they open the briefcase and there's, Whoa. well, he looks at it and his eyes get huge. And he's like, dude, what is that? I said, oh, brother, that's just a wall of broken dreams right there. And it was all the divorce guns, right? Fast forward a year and a half. I'm going, well, I can probably get 600 for that one. And that'll pay the uh, attorney, you know, retainer. And I can get about 700 for that. So, yeah, I had, I had a gun safe wall hanger full of bad karma. And, uh, Recently, I bought two 29-2s, and I'm like, and they have no bad juju on them, so they, they hang in there. But, uh, no. yeah, that was the wall of broken dreams. And at, at a time, it was not uncommon for, like, the old heads to be retiring, and they're like, dude, I got an old 629 in the safe. You want to buy it? 500, 450 bucks, whatever. Uh, those days are over. And barrels, recessed cylinders, like all the, yeah, of course. Oh, I had a performance center, uh, five inch 26, 29 that was out freaking standing. It had a slab sided barrel and it was before they put the weights in it and all that. And, oh, it was killer. Uh, everything was jeweled from Smith and it was like the most awesome 29. I was like, Oh, and then I had a mountain gun that looked just like Jack Kate's gun from uh, another 48 hours I had, with the the contoured combat grips and all that. And it, was, oh, it was amazing. All of those went in that divorce, gone. So, 
So is a mountain gun really, truly a 29? Because uh, to me, it doesn't seem, it doesn't I seem right. A, I had a three and a half with a full underlug. Yeah. Uh, and those, I, I think Smith and Wesson called them the combats or something. They were like, they had finger grooves and it was a round butt. Uh, and it had mountain gun on the side of it, and it had a Trigicon tritium front sight. Oh God, it was beautiful. Um, and uh, I don't know that I ever shot it, but like one or two of them, and then they financed the divorce. So yippee! And the only reason I bring that up is just because it's the the lighter everything and the thinner walls. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Because it is a lighter gun than a standard 29. Mine had an unfluted cylinder. It was a unicorn. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Because uh, the right that's my mountain gun right there. And it definitely has a thinner wall than normal 29s. It's cool. I really like shooting 44 special through it. I I had a 40, a 25, I think it was a 25 dash six or dash five, four inch 45 long Colt mountain gun as well. And, uh, and it was, it was pretty, it, it, it was a square, butt. it was like, uh, and it was stamped mountain gun. It was, it, and the only difference in it and the 25 fives or sixes or whatever at the time is it came with Trigicon tritium sights. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, and it had a narrow trigger instead of a wide serrated trigger, but. And what Steve just said is exactly how I feel about it. That the mountain gun is the 44 mag version of the 19. So you can shoot 44s out of it. Just, you probably don't want to do a steady diet. Yeah. Do 44 yeah, that's, specials. That's right. It didn't have like the 686 style underlug. It had like a model 19 underlug, but mine was like a three and a half. It was a really odd looking. Um, Sounds cool. Unicorn gun. Um, I haven't seen one since and um, broken dreams, man. Yep. I, I, I really enjoy going back and looking and seeing the different variants of, of uh, wheel guns that Smith has made in the past. And it just, it brings a tear to my eye that so many of them are not currently made, but Smith and Wesson yeah. does make the absolute travesty of a pump shotgun and things like that. Like, why can you not bring back, you know, the night guard series and things like that? Nope. We got to make this pump shotgun. Sorry. Yep. Well, hell 19 carry comp. Yeah, oh, wait, yeah. In fact, one of, one of the ones that I, uh, at speaking of revolver roundup, 
that I didn't even know, I had not the foggiest idea that this gun even existed, was the Smith uh, 242. And I got to see one in person. 44 special? That, uh, no, this one was the, the L-frame, uh, uh, L-frame, aluminum frame, titanium cylinder, uh, seven-shot 357. However, it's a hammerless gun. It looks exactly like you got like a 642 and blew it up mm-hmm. a little bit. Like totally enclosed internal hammer. I didn't even know things like that existed. It was really neat. I got offered one of those for sale today out of Ooh, on the East Coast. That was when the Scandium series was real big. And uh, I remember that gun coming out because they had the like the 224. It was a five shot 44 special on the same frame, L frame, five shot. Uh, That's oh, you can hear an in frame lockout. Whack, yeah, but yeah, there's been a lot of things. There was uh, my dad, there was a uh, series of them that were like model 10s that had a model 19 style underlug on the barrel. It looked like a miniature heavy duty, and I was like, I need one of those. And he's like, yeah, they only went to the Peruvian police and there was only like 60 of them made or something to that effect. And I'm like, (laughs) and Hanny McMood actually like, uh, he had a barrel and he had a model 10 and he had somebody, you know, mate the two. And I'm like, just stop it. Just stop it. Yeah. Well, speaking of which I ended up, uh, um, J and G had some of the model 10, either dash sevens or dash nines that were, that were overseas guns that have been brought back with no barrels for, mm-hmm. I want to say $200. Yep. And uh, I ended up picking one of those up because, um, I've, I've always liked the look of the, uh, the three inch barrels on, on the K frames. And I've got a, a boatload of, uh, safari land comp threes and, and things like that and a holster and stuff that i when i when i uh shot a model 19 in matches and stuff and eventually i'm going to get some i'm going to buy one of the heavy barrels and have somebody cut it down and, and do some things we'll put a front side on it and you know build a build a cool little uh three inch model 10 Oof. yeah because that was one of that's one of the ones i really regret getting rid of i had a I had a model 19 with the, the target hammer, the target trigger, the, 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 the bigger Smith target grips. And, uh, that's the gun I went and took to a uh, Massey, the second Massey, uh, mag 40, the only one that was shooting revolver in the class and sold it foolishly. Oh, that's why we can't have anything nice. I know. I don't deserve anything nice. I keep flipping things too much. Oh, speaking of which, do you still have that, uh, STI. Uh, no, that was an, that was another um, ca- casualty of casualty of, of life, I guess. Because okay. I was going to say, if you want, I'll buy. I can buy it back from you. No, I, I do have some things I'm trying to sell right now, but uh, does Alex yeah. have the STI right now? No, he he was not interested in it really? at the time. It's such a good shooter. No, I, 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 I could give you a hundred guns that I wish I still had, but you know, at the end of the day, it's just, you know, they're just guns. It's like, I don't really care what I've got. I just, 
like to shoot matches. I want something I can carry around easy, stuff like that. Give me whatever. It doesn't matter. But yeah, the downside is the history stuff. Like I can always go buy another 226 or whatever, but yeah. some of the old wheel guns, like they're just not made anymore. They're not made like that anymore. And you know, they're just getting harder and harder to find and more expensive. It's true. Oh, look, Brian, it looked like you were about to say something very important. No, I'm just, it's heartbreaking to see what Smith and Wesson's turning out right now. Yeah. And I think Caleb Caleb even said this in his uh, block. I don't know if if you heard this or, but I agree with it a hundred percent. It's like, it is a travesty that I need to do work on a gun out of the box that says performance center on it. Yes. What is up with that? Like I shouldn't, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't go and talk, buy a talk gun louder. for $1,600 from Smith. And the first thing that I do is get the timing fixed and get this fixed and get this fixed. No, oh, now it'll, now it actually works. You know, a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And man, that's one of the things I got to say, I respect on the, the whole model 10 deal, model 10s, model 64s is there still a truckload of them out there and there's a truckload of parts for them out there. Um, you know, buy them all buy three of each, you know, but, uh, I got that. I got that frame and it's like, I have no capability of putting any, any barrel on that. It's probably going to end up costing me a lot more than I want it to, but I'll spread it out over time. I need to grab a barrel for sure before, you know, that dries up, but at least have all the parts physically so I can pay somebody to, to, do some some machine work on them and put them together. Not that. I mean, I, but hey, Brownells is. The, I tell you, I got on Brownells to buy a uh, a cylinder pilot because I decided I'm not going to send cylinders off to be chamfered anymore. I'm going to do them myself. I've got the. Oddly enough, a lot of tools you work on 1911s with are kind of cross compatible, uh, so I've got the cutter for it and. I looked at like, go try to find a Lewis lead remover tool anymore. Like that used to be part of like the issued kit with a revolver. And now it's like, dude, go, go try to track one of those down. And in a caliber other than, than 38 special, you know, it's like, uh, forcing cone cutters and like, uh, the, uh, cylinder gap reamer and all that stuff or cutter and all that stuff even the tooling for them is getting, getting harder to find. So, and fortunately I have a huge like toolkit of revolver tools, like hand window files and uh, crane reamers and stuff like that, crane stretching tools and all that. So, uh, but they're really not that difficult if you have the tools and there's a lot of YouTube out there. That's pretty good. So uh, I wouldn't be afraid to tackle it, but. This uh, this model ten it came with a uh, it's one of the two inch barrels so it has the short ejector rod and I I think and this is this is me speaking from ignorance but there's some some deal about importing those with two inch barrels like they're too short they don't they don't meet the points or something so that's why they pulled the barrels off to bring them in mm-hmm. and so I wondered in all your tools if I could just go find a two inch barrel do you have one of the barrel extenders and I can just extend one from two to three inches you just stretch it. Yeah. Yeah. You'd, you'd have to find a four inch barrel and have it set back or find a three inch barrel or something. 
but that's too bad because you know working like construction we'd use the board extenders i hope i was hoping somebody had a barrel extender so yeah you can you can you can make them shorter but hanny actually had a smolt built actually had two built because he had one Colt Python barrel that was like a six inch barrel and had a gunsmith turn two, three inch barrels out of it or, or a two and a half inch barrel or something, something to that effect. And I was like, Oh, but you know, <laughs> he, he called me the other day to tell me about this project. And he goes, how many other Arabs do you know that have like a box of Colt Python barrels sitting in their bedroom? Like what's that? No. And he's one of my dearest friends on earth. And that dude, he will imagine something and make it come true. So, and it typically revolves around a Smith though. So, anyway, well, fellas, I do want to, just, just, just for reference here. Like if people are listening to this, the, the barrel extension, no one's joke. please do not go look for one of those. That is not a real thing. <laughs> no, no one's listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Oh, man. Well, so, fellas, yeah, I, I, I'm going to have to bounce, dude. I got, and I'm getting uh, texts. Yeah. So before you leave, mm -hmm. do you have any final thoughts? Any plugs, perhaps? Go buy a foundation belt from EDC Belt Company. That's a good plug. Why uh, would someone do that? Oh, they're the most comfortable, functional, concealed carry belt on the market, hands down. Uh, love mine. Uh, not that you have any connection to them. I'm not only a client, or I'm not only the owner, I'm also a client. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, yeah. It, you know, people have been hitting me up a little more for open enrollment training, which is odd. I don't feel like I exist in that space very much, but I do okay in it. Um, there's there's ways to get a hold of me if you want to set something up. But uh, oh, and then uh, I think I'm going to my project 2023 for when I retire is uh, I have an, a 1911, 2011 armors course that I've kind of laid out uh, that I think will be pretty good. I'm going to unveil that at Dallas Pistol Club next year sometime. Oh, very cool. They're going to host me down there, and I'm going to show guys how to take apart and tune their 1911, 2011s. So, oh. Yeah, I think that might be a little niche I can fill. I think that'd be very just, cool. Aside from just show people how to shoot them, um, especially with the rise of these dudes right here. Um, you know, 
what I've seen a lot of companies teaching is armors. Here's my final thought. What I'm seeing people teaching is armors course on 1911s and 2011s should be called what every guy carrying one of these needs to know. I read that post. Yeah. Oh, you saw that? Like, Hey guy, like if you don't know how to strip this dude down to pins and parts, you're not doing yourself a favor. Um, and be able to troubleshoot it on your own. Um, and there's a real lack of that knowledge out there right now. So, you know, 15 years ago, it wasn't, it was everywhere. Um, so uh, Wayne Dobbs and I have talked, I've, I've got it about 85% done for how I want the course to go. Um, given that, you know, there are Kimbers and Springfields with weird locks and stuff like that. And like how many armors blocks am I going to have to buy and punches and, uh, I'm going to have to carry extra detents and springs and all that good stuff. But, um, well, you know, what Will Larson would do is he'd give you a shopping list and you would show up with stuff already. Yeah. And I, I don't want to make like the, the bar for entry cost dudes a whole lot of money. Um, you know, you can get away with a hockey puck or the hole in the middle of it. Like, and then, you know, a ball peen hammer or something like that. And I can go buy that stuff at like Harbor Freight and then like, Hey, these are things you're going to need, but to service the gun, you really don't need a whole lot of stuff. You just need a lot of know-how. Um, and I, and I'm, I'm working through how to present that to like 10 or 15 people. Um, and then I, I have some connections with manufacturers that I thought like, Hey, why don't, you know, it, it would be great if I could go and actually hand them a certificate that says this dude's certified to peel your gun down. Um, but if not, oh, well, like I, I would, (laughs) I would rather somebody know how to do it. And there, and these things are like coming to prominence again. So, you know, the chances of, of the manufacturers having an armor course available is really slim, uh, just cause there's not that many people working in that space. So I thought, you know, I, and I like Hilton Yam does some stuff like that. And I thought, and, and my paid, Oh, that's another final thought. My Patreon. Uh, I don't know if you paid attention. I peeled down a model 10 to pins and parts and showed people how to do it. And, um, and I did a 1911 top end, 2011 top end. Uh, next week, I'm going to go over the bottom end of these guns. Uh, but I'd, I really want to be able to do that in a classroom setting with dudes that are enthusiasts and show them there's nothing to be afraid of here. Like, but you also don't want a f- accidental full auto gun. So let me show you how to work this. And um, and I and I think that's that's going to be project 2023 because. Open enrollment training for me, I enjoy it. I don't enjoy the logistics of it. It, It's just uh, revolver roundup, love teaching there. It's great. It's easy. Um, You know, I don't have to worry about Joe calling me and having just an earthen berm in the middle of a pasture that I, where's the target stands? Well, we got trees, dude. I'm like, man. uh, What's that? A berm if you're lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Or just a a field, right. Uh, Which I've fallen for those before. Um, And I'm going to retire next year. So I'm going to have a lot of time to think through those things. So um, 
yeah, stay tuned. I'll launch a website with that stuff and it'll come out on Patreon and Facebook, but uh, probably I'm looking at like May, June of next year when it's real hot in Texas, maybe do an indoor like armors course for dudes that just, they have a 1911 and they, they want to be able to, to uh, reliably service the gun and troubleshoot it. And, you know, it'll be one of those 10 round courses where I show you a test fire procedure. Like uh, a lot of guys don't know how to do that anymore. And it's um, that's, that's kind of cool. So when are you covering high powers? I don't do high powers, dude. What the heck? My dad was a high power nut and he was like, Hey man, let's do it. And I'm like, no, I don't. Yeah. Cause I cannot pull out that damn magazine safety. Really? Yeah. And I think I need to take out the trigger. Well, don't do. Yeah. Don't disrupt that Rube Goldberg device. They call it trigger. That thing. Yeah. Boggles my mind. Have, have you ever noticed like the dudes that are really good at high powers? A, they're expensive, and B, they always drill another hole in the slide. You ever seen that? Like Bill Lockridge does that, where I don't know how the trigger interacts with the slide on high power. I'm like, why would you need to move a pinhole like yeah. thirty thousandths? Like, what is that? Um, I've done some minor, like light custom work on, on Brownings, but triggers and sears and barrels. Uh, I, I had a friend of mine tell me, he goes, uh, here's the trick to a, a high power barrel. It'll either fit or it won't. And I'm like, with a 1911 barrel, I can whittle that thing into place and make it shoot like a freaking bullseye gun with a Browning. It's like, it either does or it doesn't. And I don't know what determines that. So. High powers are not my jam. Yeah. Um, call Carl Baining. He's good. Call Bill Lockridge. He's awesome. Um, but yeah, I, and I, I really feel like there's a void right now, uh, especially with all, all the new cop kids carrying staccatos and chambers guns and stuff like that, that like, hey, there's some stuff you really need to know to keep these guns running. And, and it ain't just swab it out and put lube in it. Like there's some, some trickery in here because you're playing with a 110 year old design um, yeah. that, you know, don't drop the freaking slide on an empty chamber. Like don't thumb the hammer down. Like there's little things like that, that uh, you gotta be, you gotta be pretty conscious of pretty good, pretty quick. And uh, so I think I'm going to start offering that next year. And uh see how much demand there is for it, which I think would be good. Heck yeah. So, uh, and other than that, Andrew, thanks for letting me fill your head with BS and Nate. It's good to see you again. Look forward to seeing you next year at Pat Rogers Memorial revolver roundup. Yeah. Brian, when are you going to gun site next? Right. Uh, May I'm going to, I'm going to go to, to a 250 in May. I've already decided the, I just got to work on the logistics of it, but, um, but I, I'm going to go out there when Freddie is the RM and go through a 250 because, uh, and on gun site, a lot of people like poo poo. Oh, well, it's gun site. It's old. Bah, 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 bah. I got several friends that are instructors there and, uh, to become an, a gun site instructor, that is a badge, man. That is something you should hang on your wall. They, those guys hold a very regimented standard. Uh, of instructor internship and 
the other thing with that is I had a friend of mine go through that kind of, we're like equally yoked as far as skill sets. And he goes, look, dude, I'm sitting in there and they are giving guns to people that have never held a gun before. And by the end of the week, they're running through a shoot house. There's something to that. Um, so, and, and within a thousand rounds, I'm like, now they may not be the best at it, but to take somebody in a one week period that I don't know crap about guns to, I can effectively clear and search a structure. That's incredible. Uh, and I want to go see what that's all about. So long way to answer your question. May. Good deal. I'm going to hop off old here. Ass, like Springfield 1911 that, man, I need to get out of the safe. Where are you located? In Albuquerque. Yeah. Where are you located? Oklahoma. Oh, shit. That's like an eight-hour drive. Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Yeah, well, see, now that once I launch this, then you can be like, hey, I got a facility hey, over here. Let me, yeah. Bam. Boom. Make it happen. Let's do it. All right, fellas. You all have a good one. All right. Take care, man. All right. So, Andy, do you have any final thoughts? Any plugs? Nah, man. I, I don't have anything that really makes me money, so I don't really have any plugs to make. That's what's sad. Is <laughs> Get injured. I'm a, I'm a piss-poor surgery resident. Um, maybe I just need a Patreon just to help fund my piss-poor surgery residency. Yeah. Or every week just have a, an hour-long rant. Yeah. There we go. I, uh, yeah, our long rant of me just being angry about making $50,000 a year is working 90 hours a week. <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't have anything specific, man. It's always, it's always enjoyable to come on and, and, uh, just kind of chit chat. I actually talk a lot more tonight than I usually do. So that was nice. true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Nate, how about you? Well, I also am a, a, a gun internet nobody, so I don't really have anything to plug. So I will say, as long as you get your uh, primary and secondary podcast downloaded and listened to, then you should go uh, listen to Brian's podcast, uh, the Off-Duty, On-Duty podcast. I, I learned about that because a friend of mine sent me one of the episodes where he was interviewing Daryl, and he oh, actually yeah. had Daryl on a number of occasions. And I started, I started by going back and finding all the ones where he, he had Daryl on the show and listening to those. And then, uh, I kind of got hooked on it. So I listened to, I listened to a number of them. I can't say that, uh, that I listened to all of them, but I listened to a number of them. Brian shows very good. Um, I just saw a question in the chat about where to find it. I just, I mean, I, I think any, any podcast service that you use, yes. just search duty on duty, it'll pop right up Has a kind of a. Uh, no, so it's a podcast. I, I don't know if he streams it on YouTube, but um, just search that. He's got a kind of a, a black and white logo, maybe a little blue in it. It's kind of a silhouette of, of a couple people. And yeah, has some interesting discussions with people. And I, I, would, I would suggest that you at least give it a try. It's a good show. And uh, 
I would also encourage everybody to cyber bully the revolver companies to make more 32 caliber revolvers. So if we, uh, if we do enough, then we might badger them into it. And we're not talking just the snub nose, although we do want, we do like six shot 32s, but we also want larger frame guns that turn into high capacity revolvers. We will not be happy until we get them. So Brian's podcast is good. Um, I also like Lee Weems. His his discussions are are good as well. Similar, but different. Um, and we do have an in with Taurus. And that, yep. I never would have said that a couple years ago, but man, that, A50, that executive grade A56 still, yeah. Actually, I want to mention a little bit about that because uh, on, on Monday of Revolver Roundup, Caleb had a few of his Taurus revolvers out yeah. for uh, demo uh, with ammo provided by Taurus. And although I have shot many rounds through a Taurus executive grade, <laughs> I shot that. I shot the the base model, the Defender. I think it's the yeah. 806, if I remember correctly. He had one of those. He had their uh, K-frame sized gun, also a six-shot 38, uh, or maybe 357. We were just shooting 38 through it. And then their uh, 905, I believe, is what it's called, the Tallow Edition with the bobbed hammer and uh, uh, five-shot moon clip 9mm. Um, and, and Caleb's kind of posted the three of those, the, the executive grade, the Defender, and then the, uh, the Tallow 9mm on Instagram a little bit. And and really, if you're looking for kind of practical carry revolver, uh, like this, this, this collection of practical carry guns, I think that's a great option because, I mean, for, for someone who reloads like me, I load 38. Guess what? It's a lot easier to load nine. And it's way easier to find brass um, for a nine millimeter. And so I could see getting something like the executive grade and the nine millimeter as companion pieces, and they really don't cost that much money, um, you know. And then have that defender possibly as a backup, you know, or a you know a, a practice gun or a match gun or something. Um, yeah, exactly. And uh, go find factory ammo for nine. It's generally going to be cheaper than thirty-eight. Things like that. And the moon clips that Taurus has for them are actually pretty nice. If you look at the moon clips for, you know, the seven-shot end frames, the H or the uh, the seven-shot L frames, the eight-shot end frames. The, the rounds are so close together, you really do need a tool to, uh, to get them in and out without you know, really putting a lot of effort in. But that five-shot gun, because there's a little bit of space there, there's actually two prongs. Um, so in, instead of just having five prongs, there's 10. So there's a little air gap in between them. So it actually made it really easy just to pop the brass out almost by hand, pop the, loaded, uh, pop the live rounds in. Um, and I think Caleb said they come with five moon clips. So, and then he obviously would buy more because that's what we do. So, um, yeah, so I absolutely agree. Caleb is taking TARS in a great direction as far as the revolvers. I'm really excited to see what else he's coming out with. Um, yeah, so cool, cool stuff there. It it's, cool to have, it's cool to have that kind of hope. Yeah. Well, and like I, I was talking to a buddy of mine on the phone today, about this uh, this Model 10 project I want to do, which is going to end up costing some money, I'm sure. But if you practically, if you look at it, I like the Model 10 because it gives you the that's kind of that nostalgia, that classic piece. You know, I kind of want it for that. But really, 
that executive grade does everything that the gun I'm going to build does, and it does it better. It's smaller. It's still a six-shot thirty-eight. It's a three-inch gun. It's relatively lightweight while still having enough weight to make it manageable to shoot quite a bit. I mean, it's a, it's a great gun. So. Yes. Yes, indeed. Well, thanks to the panel for having a good discussion. Thanks for you listening. Um, you probably need to hit like. Just one of those things. Um, that was episode 323. Talked about some of my favorite things. I think this might be, I might have to repeat this with the holidays. So we have favorite things episode, and then we have the uh, airing of grievances. So yeah, that that's still coming. So Andy and Nate, think of your grievances. So when we do the episode, you'll have things you can complain about and we can all support you and agree. Big thanks to the sponsors. Big thank you to Big Tech's Ordnance, Overwatch Precision, Filster, Premier Arms, Walther. Big thank you to the Patreon subscribers. Speaking of the Patreon subscribers, it's because the Patreon subscribers, we are able to do really cool stuff like various videos. There's all kinds of, you know, there's like editing that I do regularly. That takes a subscription. And there's like hosting, all kinds of stuff. Primary and secondary also this month turned eight. That's right. Eight years old. It almost can drink. Um, that's hard to believe that it's been eight years already. Podcast, let's see here. So we started December of 14. Podcast started like February of 16. So yeah, it's been, we've been at this for a little bit. Don't know what, what was it? Years, though. What was that? Podcasting, my man. It's like podcasting is like dog gears. So really, you've been podcasting for like fifty-seven years. Or oh, that's how it feels. That is exact. I, I can't think of uh, uh, when people bring up various episodes or ask if I cover stuff. I don't know. Just uh, maybe at one time, I think I had a I had over a thousand videos on the YouTube channel, but that's back when I would edit them all up to bite-sized pieces. Um, if you happen to be in the market for a, some form of a fixed blade, pocket knife, kitchen knife, anything like that, or if you need stocking stuffers, Scallywag Tactical, they do knives, gave me this code. It is in caps, PNS, that's Papa November Sierra, 10 gives you 10% off. So what I wound up doing was I bought uh, my coworkers a bunch of cool little fixed blade knives just handy to have and to keep in a, in a popo car. Um, so use that if you need a knife. Matter of fact, right and now. On your resident salary, you know, if you need some medical implements, I'm sure that you could probably get a deal on those. And, yes. You know, into the operating room. And they'll look nice. The, that's about the only thing that's provided for me is a scalpel. Yeah. Just one, it's though. Thing. It's the only thing. And a sharpening stone so you can reuse it, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we do have a website, primaryandsecondary.com, forum, primaryandsecondary.com slash forum. If you want to help support the network, go to patreon.com slash primaryandsecondary. And there are all kinds of tears, not tears from your eyes like you're crying, but tears of support. And with each tear comes 
a different level of benefit. So we have this discord thing that's going on constantly. Matter of fact, I'm overdue to have an episode with the uh, Patreon subscribers. So, yeah, I think that's it. I'm going to now run upstairs and I probably need to put a two-year-old to bed. He's probably still running around and creating issues. So that's all. I'll talk to you guys later. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.